here today not just to talk about the future of this company. We're here to talk about its destiny. We're here to talk about the end of the world. We stand on the brink of Armageddon, diseases for which we have no cure. Fundamentalist states who call for our destruction, nuclear powers over which we have no control. And even if we navigate these dangerous waters, we face other, even more inevitable threats. Global warming will melt the polarized gaps within 80 years, flooding 90% of all habitable areas on Earth. Unchecked population growth will overtake food production in less than 50 years, leading to famine and war. This is not conjecture. This is fact. One way or another, our world is coming to an end. Now the question is, will we end with it? What do you propose? I propose that we end the world, but on our terms. Mila Jovovich? Hell yeah, bud. Welcome back, friends, to the Joe Blow Horror Show. Don't you know I am <laughs> your host? Not wearing mittens this time. This is Boss Tuna coming at you out of the garage, the unfinished garage. For five years, I've been saying that, but I might have to keep it around, and we'll find out in a, in a couple minutes. So I am 
Joined as always by my favorite midget. Speaking of Kiss shirts, he was a live performing action member of the the Kiss band, the Midget Kiss mm-hmm. band. This is our favorite Swamp Donkey, our honey haired Hogzilla himself, Mister Tibu. What's up, buddy? I am super psyched. Okay, and I just want to say I've got a love gun for you because it's coming oh, straight for the you. Love gun. Because oh. I'm a strata. Yeah, no, I'm yeah. I'm super psyched to be here at the Joe Blow Horror Show as always. Thank you for having me. Yes, and we do have a special guest. And the reason we have a special guest is because this is our fourth. Yes, our third. This is our third franchise review. And this is this is gonna be a lengthy lengthy review compared to the three we had last year but girthy too well speaking (laughs) of lengthy and girthy that's a good segue (laughs) into introducing our next guest who is i there there could be no other guest to Mm. kick off the franchise review we we have a legendary guest in his own right Mr. Horror Podcast himself, fresh off of a trek. I believe he he might still be at the International Space Station. He he vacations <laughs> up there every once in a while, but he's he's coming at the Joe Blow Horror Show with guns a blazing. We have the hashtag lengthy and girthy Jay of the Dead. Welcome back to the Joe Blow Horror Show, Jay of the Dead. Welcome, Jay. Yeah. Hey, brothers. Thanks so much for having me. I love being here, and and I'm being a hundred percent honest. This is one of my favorite invites of the whole year. Not very many people invite me onto their show, but this is a highlight. I look forward to it. So thank you. I appreciate it. I'm I'm, a brother. Yeah, Mm -hmm. it, 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 it makes my heart happy. And to be honest, I'm just very grateful to be doing this. I love getting together with Tibu to record this, but this in our end of the year episodes, are it's like Christmas morning. I think I texted Tibu this a couple days ago. I was like, Christmas morning, bud. Everybody remembers, and the shirt's coming off. So oh yeah. Oh man, he even he even trimmed a little bit for us. That yeah. Sweater you... vest. I suppose it's really hot down there in the south. Get it. Get it. So oh, and he didn't even have the earbuds on. That's a bad. I had to take my shirt off. No, it's but time to go. It's time to it's, rock and it's roll. Time, it's time to go. So yeah, very grateful to be joined by both Tibu and especially Mr. J of the Dead. So uh. love these episodes. I'm excited. But what brings us here is a franchise that is very near and dear to my heart. And I cracked the joke with all the guests we have coming on. And I was telling Tibu pre-show, I'm like, this is we're on trial. We're on trial. I am the defendant in every single movie and every single episode. I feel like we have these guests coming on and I'm going to have to defend it. Blood, sweat, and tears. I mean, we're in the pit. We're, 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 we're in the Thunderdome. You know, I'm the big guy with the little T-boos on top of my back. You know, we got Tina Turner, just, you know, God bless her heart announcing. Oh, oh yeah. Iron Sheik, rest in peace motherfucking yes. they've been dropping like flies because i'm sad why you I brought know. that shit up son of a bitch this is I a happy occasion <laughs> i i actually have a short uh iron chic podcasting story for you if you guys want to hear it but oh, i don't want to yeah. derail i don't want to derail hey no let's... This, this episode or this episode this podcast is is meant for derailing it's all it is okay so on one of my shows movie podcast weekly i thought you know what would be fun what if we invited a guest 
and maybe I'll just pick somebody that's kind of a has been washed up celebrity. And I remember because I was an 80s WWF fan and man, that dude was so active on Twitter and pretty, pretty uh, acerbic in his comments. He always mm-hmm. write in all caps and stuff. And I'm like, you know what? I'll just ask the Iron Sheik. So so I contacted him to see if he'd be a guest on our show. And um, he wrote back, but pretended he was his assistant. But I could tell it was him. Oh, <laughs> and, shit. And, and, and he's like, and, and honestly, so this is what I was thinking. I mean, yeah, my show is a nobody show. But I'm like, this guy's kind of washed up. I mean, he's from the old days. I'm not dissing. I'm just saying it right. might it might do his heart good to, you know, get involved in something like this. So I thought he would like it. And he's like, um, well, I'll be Iron Sheik would be willing to do it, but he won't be willing to do it for free, baby. And and I'm like, okay. Oh. <laughs> I'm like, all right, well, how much would a guest appearance from Iron Sheik would cost me? And he's like, three grand, three thousand oh, dollars. Wow. So um we passed. Fuck that, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he camel clutched me with that. So. Yeah, I mean Iron Sheik trying to big time Jay of the Dead. He didn't know what he was getting into. <laughs> That's right. Oh shit. You ever in that fucking camel clutch, cuz <laughs> I'm real good with the baseball bat, Jay. You ever need any help? I'm just one one call away. So you let me. The know man's already dead. We don't need to beat his corpse. Okay, he's already <laughs> gone. In general, all right. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. I'm with you. I'm with you. Well, <laughs> the summer of, you know, we always try to like come up with these clever little, you know, the summer of the dead, the summer of the conjuring. This one was tough. I was like, mm-hmm. this this franchise is near and dear to my heart. We got to think of a good one. Tibu came up with this one, so the jury's out. It's the summer under the umbrella. Mm-hmm. Plays a little bit there. I mean, I'll, I'll take it. I'll take it. But yeah, we're going to be covering the entire Resident Evil franchise, one through six. And with us tonight is Jay the Dead covering the OG, the original Resident Evil. So a little backstory. This came out in 2002. Why Why did Boss Tuna pick this? Well, I have wanted to cover this movie and all the movies forever since I started the podcast. But I'm like, you know, once you once you get into the community, because it is a community, there's there's like you, know, you get certain people and groups and friends and whatnot. And then I'm kind of like the outlier. I'm like, God, but I love this franchise. I'm going to get made fun of for it. But I just got to the point. I'm like, I don't care. So it was my turn to pick it. Tibu picked Conjuring last year. Boss Tuna was like, we're going, we're going for Resident Evil. And I was teasing everybody, telling them, like, I need your commitment first that you're going to be on the show before I tell you what we're covering. <laughs> 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 Got the commitments. And I'm like, good. And I think I was teasing everybody too. I'm like, we're covering the second greatest zombie franchise ever. And everyone's like, oh, Return of the Living Dead. <laughs> and I'm like, close, Resident <laughs> Evil. But this does kind of hit home for, for me because this came out my senior year of high school. I remember it came out in the spring. I had a buddy that worked at the theater and we we would go, he could get one free popcorn and you know nobody give a shit. So we grab candy and pop as well too. But you could see as many movies as you want. I saw this movie in the theater five, six times in its run. Wow. And, and it's just always had, I mean, nostalgia plays a big role in, in everybody's, you know, movie watching. And especially mm-hmm. when you're in vulnerable ages or situations or, or parts of your life. And I mean, I was a teenager, barely kind of, you know, getting into horror a little bit here and there. 
But yeah, I, I grew to love it. And even further backstory, I'm a huge fan of the games. So we'll get into that a little bit here, kind of some, some history on it. But Jay the Dead, give us your backstory on Resident Evil. <laughs> When's well, the first time you watched it? Oh my goodness. Uh, let me see here. I'm just trying to think because yeah, at this time when in 2002, when this came out in the spring, I was uh, doing some music. I was playing more music than I was like, you know, doing movies at that time. So yeah, I caught up with it later. In fact, I, I have to confess, this wasn't the first uh, film that I saw. I saw one of the subsequent oh, sequels, sequels first. So, and, 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 and I'm really sorry to confess this, but I, I told, I told Bostuna this upfront. I was not um, much of a gamer after Nintendo, the original NES, <laughs> because because I almost ruined my life with NES. And I'm like, this is like heroin. I gotta I gotta put this down. So I stopped gaming <laughs> and I stopped playing video games forever. So anyway, long story short, I, I probably ended up catching this and. I don't know the early, the early 2010s. Okay. So the first time early 2010s. All right. Mm -hmm. And then have you seen all of the sequels or just a couple? No, just, just a couple actually. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. What about you? You little shirtless midget swamp ducky. Uh, I, I haven't seen any of the sequels, zero of the sequels. Okay. And the first time I watched it's going to be fun, me taking your tiny little hand and walking you through this. <laughs> what is going on tonight with this? <laughs> all right, all right. Hogzilla's about to come out, son. Um, listen, I, I saw this movie when it came out, 2002, and my initial reaction back then was boredom. Okay. Mm. Okay. Yep. That That's was boring. where I was with it, and I've never played any of the video games. Okay. But I know but I know enough about the games to know that the movies are not like the games. Yeah, Hog, there's Hog, Hogzilla. Hogzilla. Look at that silo can. Huge, that's a big one. So, speaking of that, <laughs> we're <laughs> Speaking of that, let's uh Jay Jay is um the best sober cab west of the Mississippi. We, we've established that pre-show, and he, he's he's maneuvering this big old RV we got here. So he spotted this little bar on the way. Normally we stop into the Pity Twister, but this one's um, this one it looks like it's called the Hive. So we're gonna stop into the Hive, and uh, we're gonna have a couple drinks, fill our coolers. One beer, two beers, three beers, a shot of whiskey. A margarita and a bloody Mary. But anyways, we're in the hive now, and I'm gonna <laughs> buy Jay all the waters he wants, Diet Cokes. <laughs> uh, what's what's your what's your um, Jay? When you do in in imbibe, do you have like a like a oh, yeah. beer, wine, liquor? What's your what's your go to? Yeah, I'm, I'm not an alcohol man, but I do drink Coke in the red can, Coca-Cola in the red okay. can. Mm, love it. Okay, gotcha. Yes. My my boss got me into Coke Zero. I mean, I only drink like maybe one a week, but man. It, it, it tastes it, basically like the same. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep, so I hear you. I less sugar. But I mean, there, I mean that sugar's the best. I mean, that's that's I why. Know. Sugar's in everything. Welcome to Joe Blow Health Show. 
The Joe Blow <laughs> Health Show. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> okay. You know what, Tibu? I'm going to go first. Because right. I've been saving this. I got this at Christmas. And I was like, I, I didn't know at the time what I was going to save it for. But you can see how much this one beer cost me. I don't know. Is that upside this, down? A 14, you have a $14 beer in your hands. I have a, a $14 beer. I got this at Christmas. And I was saving it. And then I'm like, wait a second. I am going to save this for the first episode of our summer franchise. Surly Brewing Company. Even if you're not a beer fan, tell me this doesn't sound good. It's a Russian Imperial Stout. It's a raspberry chocolate tort. <gasps> oh, brother. And he's opening a little cardboard box that has like shiny red holographic looking shit on it. Oh yeah, it's a stick can. It's like it's it's almost it's a little bit pinker than the background lights that Jay has. It's pretty, That's su- right. pretty sweet, and it's super horror too. It's got like a skull. I mean, we're gonna call that a zombie. Oh, look how sick that artwork is, bro. Yeah, it's pretty cool. So I'm I'm super pumped. And for the record, I'd call that magenta on your can, and I would call it purple in my background lights. Just yes, saying. Yes, magenta. <laughs> I, I don't know. I Now I know what magenta is. I've heard of yeah, it. You, right. need a, you need, a, you need to take a pick. You need to take a pick and post that on the socials for the Joe Bloke. I should. I should. Yes. I don't know if Jay saw this since the last time. We have some custom Joe Bloke oh. show. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to order one of those. I'm going to order one. Uh, this is a prototype, but once I have more, you won't have to order it. I'll just send it to you. Okay, Whoa. brother. I would love that. Yeah. So you can drink all the full sugar Cokes out of there you want. <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> what do you, what do you, oh, and also I told Jay pre-show, I got a little funny story. Kind of a cigar guy. Kind of, but kind of not. My buddy, actually Kramer, shout out to Kramer. Uh, Tibu knows him. Mm-hmm, buddy mm-hmm. of mine. He sent me a thing of cigars. So I get this in the mail. So it looks like a beer can and it's called dad bod father figure. <laughs> it's a cigar, but the best part is, is it's called a dad bod cigar, but it's really fat in the middle. <laughs> it's got like a little tie. Nice. And he Aww. was like, happy father. He said, yeah, he sent this to me for father's day. So I thought that was pretty funny, even though he makes his own, uh, maple syrup and we'll send us maple syrup and my kids were like oh we thought he sent maple syrup i'm like oh he sent daddy something better maple syrup wow kramer is a fucking 10 you hear that kramer you're a fucking 10 yep no it, this was this was pretty pretty special i was pretty pretty pumped about it so but what anyway, i love yeah. a, what i love about that the shape of that cigar there is it reminds me of the cigars that you would see in those old cartoons where the big muscular cat Oh with yeah. The five o'clock shadow is smoking yep. it and it's got that same shape to it. Yep. <laughs> it. It's all like blown out at the end and stuff. Yes. Yep. Yes. Oh, hundred percent. I like I like on movies and shit when someone's fucking having a cigar and they're just they're just gumming the shit out of it and it's like wet. And I'm like, why are you doing that? But I'm not a cigar smoker. I'm mm-hmm. a smigarette smoker, which uh, I know it's terrible. I, I never I never really imbibed in cigars all that much. Look boss tuna getting that good pour on board. That's a dark boy right there. Yeah. Oh, wow. Brother, I am jealous. I am jealous as fuck. It's a 12 percenter, right so yeah, that's a strong one. <laughs> per the usual, Jay the Dad's gonna be carrying us home because Boss Tuna is gonna be sleeping on the floor of the RV. So oh, I'm getting fucking white boy wasted tonight. <laughs> it's happening. Well, you're from Louisiana, so we know that's you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. 
tonight I've got tropical bear hug. Okay. This, 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 this beauty oh, is that, right is here. That Mad dog brewing or whatever. This is, um, this is an Imperial IPA and it is. Or beer brew dog. It looks like brew dog. Goose Island, bro. It's oh, Goose, Goose Island. Island. Okay. Our, our friend Jay the Dead, or Jay the Dead, uh, Duncan McLeish. Brewdog mm. is his favorite. Mm. Uh, brewed over in Scotland. So This is a 9.9% beer, and I've got on deck two tall boys just like this, but it's the Voodoo Ranger Juicy Hazy IPAs. Those are 9.5s. Like I said, white boy wasted. Hashtag Jesus. tonight. <laughs> Resident there Evil, Jay of the fucking Dead, Joe Blow Horror Show. Let's <laughs> go. All right. Well, yes. we better we better get the show on the road because uh, we got the coolers full and we need to mosey on to the drive-in because we got we got six films to uh, review here for this. So <laughs> let's um, let's get into Resident Evil, huh? Blow me. Deep underground, in a top secret research lab, security has been breached. A deadly virus, capable of contaminating the entire world, has been released. Oh my god. We have to get out of this building! Who is that? It's the brakes! It's okay, we're here to help. Now, an elite team has been sent in to stop it. Five hours ago, Red Queen went homicidal. Who's the Red Queen? State-of-the-art artificial intelligence. The corporation's keeping a few secrets down here. But they have only three hours left before it begins infecting and mutating the whole human race. Everyone stay calm. You have to get out. Don't listen to anything she says. She's a holographic representation of the Red Queen. She may be our only way out of here. How is she still standing? She isn't standing now. No one is immune. Resident Evil. You're all going to die down here. Okay, so Resident Evil 2002 rated R, loosely based off of the video games. So, Jay, we know that you you used to dabble in the video games. Do you dabble any more in the video games at all, or 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 are you? Uh... Nah, like I'll I'll watch my son Spawn of the Dead. I'll watch him play Fortnite sometimes, but other than that, not too much. Mm -mm. I hear that's a trash ass video game too. For for, and I'm not I'm not dogging on your son. No, I'm no, saying, no, I know. For, for for gaming enthusiasts, I hear that they are like fuck that shit. They're so over it, you know. Right. It's um, super popular. My son plays it too. Yeah. I used to be a gamer, and that's the thing. I totally would have played those Resident Evil games, man. I just never got the chance to to play them. And and now with horror and the podcasting and everything and life and kids and it, 
you just I, I I can't go back to gaming. I wish I could though. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, I I've talked about it on the show, but real briefly, I had an un- an uncle that was actually not that much older than me, so he was only nine years older than me, I think. So I got into video games from him. But I remember I got a PlayStation, PlayStation One, and uh, got into video games there. And I that, so back in 1996 when this came out. I was in sixth grade. That was right when I was getting into horror too, because I was watching for the first time that I remember, you know, the aliens, the um, uh, nightmare on Elm street, the Friday, the 13th. So I was getting into the scary stuff and I've talked about my stepmom that would, you know, record the VHS tapes of cold, scary movies. So I heard about this game at school called resident evil, super scary, you know, and, and it's funny because if you go back and you watch the videos of it now, it's like you got these blocky pixelated people. But I will never forget, you know, the first 10 minutes of the game, you're walking down a corridor and a dog jumps through the window. And if you didn't shit yourself, you're one of the 1% that didn't because it, <laughs> it freaked you out. But Resident Evil, it, it started in 1993 is when it started getting into production. So it's it's a Capcom game. And it's a Japanese game. In 1993 is when they started getting the ball rolling. It became Biohazard in in Japan, but they couldn't get the rights. They were nervous they weren't going to get the Biohazard rights in the United States. So in the office, they kind of had an office pool together, throw some names out there. We're going to pick one. And that's how Resident Evil came to be. So hmm. the game was super popular. It It really did revolutionize the market in what we know as survival horror, which is one of the most popular genres out there. I watched some some videos of like the voice acting from some of the early games. Oh my god, let's not talk about that. <laughs> I love it though, but I love it though. So, I love it. It's yeah. so bad, but it's so good. It's so funny. And people they didn't know what they were doing back then when they did these voiceover games from Japan. They didn't know how to fucking voice act in these games. And you could tell like that that community wasn't there yet. Like th- those people didn't know. I I love I love I love going back and and watching some of those. I have seen some of those early Resident Evil games with the voice acting, and I think it's a ten. It's good. <laughs> I just wanted to throw that out there. That's well, my experience with it. Well, everything's of an era, right? Like um, Bostino was talking about the the original graphics and how they looked. I mean, each as video games progressed, because I remember I started, I'm old school, you guys, I'm going to be 47 this year. So I started with Atari 2600. That was my first system in television, actually. I had in television and Pong. Yes, yes, Pong. Yeah, absolutely. And so like, and there was a game I always played called Demon Attack, which is super cool. But anyways, um, and that was really like blocky looking weirdness. I mean, you you kind of had to use your imagination when when they would put a, a figure on the screen and then from there to nintendo and then by the time i got to like playstation and stuff it just kept getting better and better oh yeah and so same with the voice acting i assume i mean i bet you know but it's of an era right 100 percent. yeah to put it into context i mean playstation we're, we're coming right off the heels of super nintendo and and, and pretty mm-hmm. much you know the nintendo was what eight bit you know, beep, beep, boop, boop, beep, boop. Well, uh, Super NES, because I'm a, I'm, I will be a little bit of a game nerd. The Super NES was a 16-bit console. Yep. And the PlayStation One came out at the same time as the N64, 64 bits, motherfucker. And I'm, I'm that N64 boy. I, my cousin had a PlayStation One, 
and I played the wrestling games on that one, and I was like, fuck this. WCW NWO Revenge, WWF No Mercy, these games. So yeah, I know, I know, I know I'm derailing a little bit, but I just had to give a shout out to that N64, man. Yeah, my, just, my brother had an N64, but like the N64 was like the little kids system, no. and the PlayStation was like the no, know, I'm I'm here system. to dispel that bullshit. No. <laughs> You PlayStation you was want. for was for fucking posers who thought oh, they were cool. <laughs> Anyways, what I was getting into, I was gonna a little piggyback a little bit off of what Jay said because even with the PlayStation One, we're we're, we're just the Super Nintendo virtually had no voice acting. I mean, it was you know you had better soundtracks and whatnot. PlayStation mm-hmm. One is really where you started having voice in 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 actors in a game and i remember it was like hey guess what this this person's wearing green ping pong balls and they're you know gonna do the shape of them so you don't have the pixelated at the time it gets a lot of shit now and people make fun of it but at the time it was like the coolest thing ever because we're Mm -hmm. like wow here's a video game that has awesome graphics and it it, you know it's telling a story and it's engaging and it's I mean, it's responsible for the survival horror. It was super scary. It was like the first games where you didn't have unlimited ammo and bullets like the Mega Man and and whatnot. So it was, <laughs> so yeah, it was, it had all the right things needed to really latch on to a, a good movie. Because before this, we only had a couple. We had what, um, Super Mario Brothers and and uh, well mortal Kombat, which was actually a really good adaptation which was you know paul ws anderson as well too so oh, the same motherfucking guy yeah, yeah yep. <laughs> mm-hmm. so yeah he he you know the, the movie is loosely based off of the game uh as well too but also too this is a good segue to talk a little bit about script stuff because i think everybody knows at this point that george romero wrote the original script to the first adaptation of Resident Evil. Mm. So. I did not know that. Un- unbelievable. Yeah, mm-hmm. tell it. Yeah, I imagine you're going to tell that story, Boss Tuna. I, I, I could not believe that that happened. What? And it's funny. Fuck? It's funny because we, we kind of touched on this in the very first Joe Blow summer franchise when we were talking about all the dead movies. George Romero, with all the success he's had, he really never got a fair shake at anything. I mean, he's always had to claw for distribution and and budget and and everything. And you'd think the godfather of zombies who created the greatest zombie movies ever made started the whole... I mean, look where we're at with zombie movies now. I mean, he is the guy. And he was Mm -hmm. the first one that got a shot at this, wrote the script supposedly you can find the script on the internet and read it. Um, and he, it sounds like he, he put a lot of effort into it. He did a lot of research. It was kind of love, like a love letter to, to the games, but they read it and they're like, nah, this this is too close to the game. We, we want that something. is and I still can't get over that. And, and what do they do? They pick Paul W.S. Anderson, yes. which is an absolute. What? <laughs> Yeah, I'm, you I'm about to say. What are you about I am, to say? I, I am. I, I'm just waiting to the point where I, it's okay, where I can jump. Oh, in you and, can say whatever you want and this yeah, on go him. Ahead. <laughs> go ahead. No, I will say, saying, Paul, Paul W.S. Right Anderson is the is the best Paul Anderson director on the planet, though. 
Uh oh. Shut the fuck up, Boston. <laughs> no, 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 yeah, I, no, no. See, let let's. I think he's messing with us right there. I'm actually not. He is. Wait. I'm wait. really not. Okay, so wait a second. So yeah. Paul Thomas Anderson, the uh, director of Punch Drunk Love, for example. There will be blood. Life Aquatic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In- incredible filmmaker. Wait, Life Aquatic. No, that's that's. Is uh, Wes, Wes Anderson. Wes, Wes, Wes Anderson. Anderson. Oh, yeah. okay. So my joke kind of fell flat a little bit. But no, it's, it's either funny. way, both of them are fucking phenomenal. What oh, are you I can't get into about? the Wes Anderson films. Can't do it. The, I get it. If, <laughs> I get it. If you don't like the aesthetic and the style, I do get that. It's like a skinnamarink type thing. Jay. Oh. Let me not derail the show. Okay. Go okay. Ahead. I was gonna, oh, he, he, don't, you can don't, ask don't. him. You can ask him. Do you like skinnamarink? Do you like skinnamarink? I despise it. <laughs> Yes, uh, I, I was maybe its biggest <laughs> hater on the internet. <laughs> I was sorry. That's why we're friends, Jay. I I know, brother. But 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 Tibu and I we love we love us some Paul Thomas Anderson. But yeah, but but the thi- but um okay, yep. Let's. So you're going. mad about the skin marine thing? Oh, sorry. I'm mad. I'm Sorry, mad. he loves it. He loves it. But, I love it on a fundamental, elemental oh, he's, level. He's the cheese under that guy's balls. He's yeah. yeah. He's, oh, I, wow. I, I I am I am the smegma on his cockhead. Wow, wow. Yes. I, I wish I had known how much you love that because uh, we would have uh, talked Mark to you about. Okay, let's not skin him a rink. We'll, we'll we'll but okay. Yeah. Paul Thomas Anderson, amazing filmmaker. Uh-huh. I got. I'm, West, I'm sorry. I was thinking of Wes Anderson. Wes Anderson, amazing filmmaker. Yeah. Paul W. S. Anderson, Hack. underrated filmmaker. <laughs> Wait yeah. a second. Event Horizon. Yes, it's great. Yes. It's Mortal great. Kombat. Mortal Kombat. Army of the Dead. Uh, I'm. I'm. I'm just. You know. I'm mainly looking at the horror stuff, like Alien versus Predator. Yeah. I like dope. that fine. Yep. Yeah. I like that fine. But uh, I don't know. This. This guy. He. He feels like. What what is he? He's like the poor man's Michael Bay or something. <laughs> no, Michael Bay sucks ass. Fuck Michael Bay. Paul W. S. Anderson that makes me laugh because I can kind of I can kind of yeah, I can kind of see that. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm look, I love that you're on here, Jay. I respect you. <laughs> I honestly respect you and and and, and love you Thank in my you. heart. Thank you. <laughs> Hashtag you, you watched it wrong. I watched it wrong. <laughs> well, I, I'm not dissing on this film. I mean, I haven't said anything yeah. disparaging okay, yet. I'm okay, just saying, that's true. That's true. All I'm saying is you go from George Romero writing your script for your zombie film to <laughs> Paul W.S. Anderson. Something is wrong with these Capcom producers. Mm. I mean, I feel I, so I... bad for my boy right now, man. Like, I, I got to rep- I got to represent. I got to represent. <laughs> I feel but bad for this Paul is actually WS. a good conversation though because I've always thought about this is is what would we have gotten? I mean, do you first off, excuse me, I think that if George Romero did it, I don't think we would have gotten six movies out of it just because he's been you know what I'm saying I, I just yeah. I don't know right. I don't think so. I, but yeah, I get I get what you mean. Do you think he would have gone too heavy handed with the the social commentary and you, you know well, I mean just, <laughs> It's always been in there, but he's never been heavy-handed about that. But Bostuna, to your point, if George Romero had done the first film, you wouldn't have had to um, ask your guests to commit ahead of time before revealing the name <laughs> of the film franchise. <laughs> Just saying, he's got a great—he's got a great point. Yeah. He's got a great, well, and I even came in. I, 
I came in saying that the movie bored me when I first saw it, but I was, <laughs> but I was fucking 11. I was 11 years old or some shit. And mm. I also was not a, and I'm not, I'm not trying to sound like full of myself. I, I hope I don't. What I mean to say is I wasn't a seasoned movie watcher yet where I could experience what a movie is mm-hmm. presenting to me and what the movie is supposed to be and and absorb the movie for what it is and take it for what it is versus this is my expectation. This is what I think the movie should be. And I'm let down because it wasn't that. So it's hard. It is still hard, even though I'm I'm 33 years old now. And I try to do that with every movie that I watch. And it's still hard. Like, like I, I, I sometimes shit on films that I, that I, I wanted something out of that it didn't give me, but is that the movie's fault or my expectations? I don't know. Um, was I entertained is always my number one. So we'll see what happens at the end of this review. That's, that's <laughs> always tough when you're going back and, and either watching a movie that's largely, either I guess you could say largely loved or not loved and and you're just got something built up in your head and it can go both right. ways, whether it, it exceeded your expectations or, or, or fell short. So, mm-hmm. but resident evil 2002 rated R hundred minutes. I always love doing this. What do you guys, if you, if you didn't look Jay, what do you think this got on IMDb for a user rating? Uh, the user rating? Yeah, I have not looked. Um, I'm guessing like uh you know, uh, sorry, 5.2. Okay, 5.2. I'm going to fuck you, and I'm going to say a 5.7. Man, see, more and more, I feel like I'm in the right here. This got a 6.6 on the IMDb. So we're just going to go ahead and say that's like a 9.9 nine in real real life ratings. So. That, that As a user rating, that is very fucking very, high. It is hard. very high. Yeah. It is very high. Yeah. You know what mm-hmm. I should have done is done research on movies that got less than it, like There Will Be Blood or The Godfather. You, you know, shut I mean, the fuck up right <laughs> now. <just> <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's no way. It's no. it's the wild, wild west in IMDb land. What about Rotten yeah, Tomatoes? Is. So Rotten Tomatoes is a critic score. What percent? I'm gonna say 46. I will I will not fuck him on this one, and I'm gonna come down off it and say 43. 35 oh <laughs> yeah yep stuck up bitches so yeah. this yeah it was <laughs> it's it's kind of loved by the fans and hated by the critics which just mm-hmm. makes me makes me smile but this had a That's... budget of actually what do you think the guys what do you think this budget was i was gonna i almost spoiled it back in 2002 let's see actually mm-hmm. before you guys I'll, I'll give you a little insight here so okay. Paul W.S. Anderson, he was a fairly new director at this time, coming off the heels of Mortal Kombat. But he was and Event Horizon and and Event Horizon, and he was worried about budget because he wrote and directed this, and he had his own vision. So rather than battling with you know American, you know United States type producers, they he brought this overseas. So this was shot largely in Europe and Germany and whatnot. It's got German producers as well, too. So he went over there to secure his budget so he could keep his own vision. So do we have to give the number to you in German currency? <laughs> yes. Actually, I don't know what German currency is, yeah. so you have to give me how many pints. <laughs> uh, 
how many Nazis died to make this movie? <laughs> All of them. Hell yeah. Um, <laughs> shit, dude. I'm gonna say, if I, if I can, I'll, I'll let Jay have the last say on this one. This movie has a mix of CGI and practical effects. Um, the locations are pretty, pretty fucking dope. Mm-hmm. I would say, based on Paul W.S. and his history at this point, this movie was a bare minimum, bare minimum. And so I'll put my number at the bare minimum. I think it is a $70 million budget, bare minimum. Wow. Yeah. You're saying you're saying 70 million. Wow. Yes. Okay. For for 2002. Yeah, well, I'm that's a... when it came out, but 2000 whenever they filmed it, I would say about 70 mil. If I'm wrong, then uh, you know, hey, I'm wrong. Wow, I I was uh, well, I'm thinking way lower than that. Don't don't let him sway you, Jay. Just... Uh, I know. <laughs> well, he took so much, I mean, he was so deliberate in his delivery that it 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 exuded confidence. Okay, so I'm thinking I was gonna. I was gonna say like, uh, seriously, like, yeah. Don't let 20, me per- twenty-four million. Me. Okay. Twenty-four million. Well, yeah, because don't let me persuade you, because I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. I'm just saying shit. Well, before I tell you what the real number is, this almost tripled its budget with its uh, gross, and okay. its budget came in at drum roll, please. 30 million 33 so jay was closer yeah. Jay was way closer yep so it was it was down around 11 million then was the mm-hmm. wow 11 million for what for the no, production no. budget for this 30, no, 30, 33 million all oh, 33 million 30, yeah, okay 33 million was the budget and it grossed worldwide like 102 or 103 or something like that wow okay well so. here's a question well my question on that boss tuna is for whatever reason, though, I when when people talk about adaptations, especially like horror video game adaptations to the cinema, I don't I don't hear people laud or celebrate this this very much. This one doesn't really, you know what I mean. And in, in in fact, until until the Last of Us, which in my opinion is the um. That's the gold standard. Yeah, that's the gold standard now in terms of adaptation. You know, this was like there with Silent Hill. Like Silent Hill was extremely artistically well done and so forth. And and this this is decent. But I mean, do people celebrate this as an adaptation? See, they do. From from what I see overall, this is considered one of the best because this movie also that was actually perfect timing, Jay. Because I was going to touch next on. The influx. So before this, we had, I think Doom was actually before this hashtag no. The Rock coming out. No, it was after. Was it after? Yes, so before sir. this, and we had Mortal Kombat and um, the other one I just said. <clears throat> Mario, we had Super uh, Mario, Mario Brothers. Brothers. Yeah, yep. Mario Brothers, Mortal Kombat. After this movie came out, so it's opening weekend. It, 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 excuse me, it garnered $17 million opening weekend. And and I'd say half of that was probably my buddies and I in Virginia, Minnesota. <laughs> but anyways, wow. they started scooping them all up. So that's when you, I think you got blood rain after this and you got just a handful of all these other ones coming through. And yeah. You, you, you got, came through. 
and was oh. like, I'm going to make everything. <laughs> yeah, they're like, oh my God, you can actually make money off of these. But then there was just a slew of of just just garbage coming out. Uh, hashtag Uwe Bowl. Thank you for ruining yeah. it. Speaking of Germany and Europe. But 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 I want to give I want to also I want to give a shout out to my boy Uwe Bowl because you know what? As much as his movies suck, he did it. I, I watch it? House of the Dead like probably once a year. I'm not okay. Okay. Oh, wow. <laughs> well, okay. So that's what I'm saying. Even <laughs> even if you don't like his movies, someone somewhere likes Yui Bowles movies, and you know what? He Clearly, did it. he did because, it. Yeah, he did it. He it made it's, the... it's actually funny. I wonder if he's done anything recently. I mean. He beat a guy's ass who fucking said he sucked. That's what yeah, he did. That was that was a uh, film critic Devin Faraci, right? Like, and in fact, <laughs> I own that documentary. There's a documentary about that, which is oh, hilarious. Oh no shit! That's fuck like... yeah! I'm glad he beat the shit out of that guy. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad. Oh, that's so funny. Oh yes. man, fight the curb. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, he is German, so you never know. <laughs> Oh no, no. I'm no. kidding. I'm no. kidding. Jesus. Uwe Why Bowl, did you have Uwe to Bowl. go there? Yui Bowl is not a Nazi. The, the 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 swamp donkey midget says so. Okay, okay. Yeah. Anyway. How many times can we say midget on this show? You Jesus said Christ, it, that's not I'm a nice sure thing. It should you be said a it a person. Thousand do you guys speaking of um saying things correctly, um, would it would it be bad form <laughs> if I told you because I actually did research on this because I had no idea how to pronounce that man's first name. I I I researched it. And Uva. Yes, Uva Bowl. Yeah. Nailed Bowl. it, brother. Look at yeah. you. T-Boo. It's Uva Bowl because I like him. I actually do like Uva Bowl. Um, so it, but I say Uwe Bowl because everyone says it, but it's Uva Bowl. Just like everybody uh, says Mila Jovovich and it's Mila Jovovich. I mm-hmm. didn't know that either, and I was uh, actually her name is Milika Bogdanovna Jovovich. <laughs> I didn't know. I didn't learn the 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 second name, but that woman has crazy eyes now. Have y'all seen a recent picture of her? Of Mila? No, I thought she had blue yeah. eyes. She no, she well, she does, but she has crazy eyes now. What crazy. Does mean? What does that mean? Yeah, her 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 eyes, and when she smiles. She looks like a crazy person now. I don't know how to describe it. You just got to Google a recent fucking photo of her smiling. But I'm going to say this too. Why were you Googling smiling photos of Mila Jovovich? Because I'm a man. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. All right. So (laughs) she's married to director Paul W.S. Anderson. So everyone can can shit on him all. Y'all can shit on him all day. But he's married to that. And. I think whenever she, I think she proposed to him because he oh, had no idea. He had no idea this was coming. And she was like, marry me. And he was like, oh, oh, me? Uh, you want to marry me? Oh, she, she, I, she's definitely an alpha. She probably just. Oh, yeah. She took that. In a good way. She though. took it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> let's reel this in. Tibu, Jesus. I'm wearing shorts here right now, okay? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I just, Mila Jovovich, bruh. <laughs> I love you okay. guys. This is- I love you, Jay. I I wish you know. Um, don't don't judge me as a loser or anything. I wish you guys would do this on New Year's Eve sometime, so I could like have a New Year's Eve party with you guys like this. This is so fun. <laughs> well, it's happening now. <laughs> I'm I'm serious. You guys are like 
a blast. I, this is what I, I imagine it would be like if I got to hang out with Joe Bob Briggs and Darcy the Mail Girl. That's what it <laughs> that's what it feels like when I'm on your show. Oh, you I'm, just made my life. Oh, Joe Bob is my fucking god, dude. Like I know he just, he's amazing, right? Oh yeah, yeah. Thank you. Wow, love, that is amazing. First I off, you guys can hang out with Joe Bob Briggs, and Darcy and I are going to go and <laughs> talk about horror movies. Okay, <laughs> Mila Mila Jovovich. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Anyways, let's reel this in here. Goodness gracious. Yes. Great balls mm-hmm. of fire. Okay, so mm-hmm. written and directed by Paul W.S. Anderson, the, the greatest director with a last name Anderson. Maybe. Kind of. Just saying. I'm not going to fight it, but I will fight it mentally. Okay, I, I forgot about Paul Thomas. Okay, that my, my joke fell flat on that. But starring, obviously, we talked about Mila Jovovich, and it's funny because like, she, I, I think she was, I believe she was in Days and Confused first, but I will always know her as Lilu from The Fifth Element. Yes, <laughs> yeah. yes, dude. Lilu Dallas Multipass. Oh, Chris man. Tucker is a fucking oh, ten that, in that movie. Uh that movie is that movie is so good. It's so funny. Mm-hmm. Gary yeah, Oldman, you, you had to have seen that. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, oh yeah. He's yeah. seen that. He's seen that. He knows. He knows. Yeah. The, but, fifth, the fifth Element. <laughs> Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. It's the fifth element. Yeah. Anyways. Uh-huh. So Mila Jovovich, she was in a couple of flicks before that, but this really, well, for me, I'm like, you know, this is this, this in the series. I'm like, yeah, she's right here. Real, real quick. I'll just prove to people spoiler for the fifth element. I just to prove people. I saw it. The fifth element is love. <laughs> <laughs> so take that dude, everybody. Dude. I We need to cover that movie. Dude, I would totally, I would totally we need to cover it. Cover that. We need to cover the fifth element, and we need to have Jay on, brother. I'm in. Just yes. Tell, tell yes! me when, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna bring a better drink than Arrowhead water. I forgot that you guys show off your drinks. I, I got a non-alcoholic drink that's pretty fancy around here in uh, oh, Utah man. that I'll bring Br- next time. Bring it, bring it, yeah, brother. I'm feeling. Pours yeah, a little cranberry guys. juice and some. What's I'm that? just juice saying, like yours, yours yeah. in that sparkly magenta box. I got to do oh. better than this, <laughs> <laughs> dude. He <laughs> outdid. He outdid both of us with that shit. I'm just saying right now, like that Amazing. is crazy. Oh, yeah, it's all right. I mean, sorry to derail your notes. I, I'm sorry, Boston. <laughs> me too. Me too. Sorry. <laughs> Michelle Rodriguez again. Th- okay, let's talk about this though. This 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 cast is is kind of stacked for what it was being mm-hmm. the film mm-hmm. it was at the time it was. Michelle they, Rodriguez. Um, yeah, Michelle Rodriguez. I'm sorry, I got the free songs when you said her name. I got the goosebumps because I love her, and I also have a theory that that in the eight, late 80s, mid to late 80s, throughout the early 2000s, there was a Latina badass in all of these fucking action horror movies. And I, I can't pinpoint all the horror movies. I know I can name Aliens, at least that one. Oh, yeah. She but was I, uh, Vasquez, I think, in Aliens, right? Or in, in the... Um, are you talking about... Yeah, Michelle Rodriguez well, was in... A- Hold I'm on. just saying, in in general, there there's a badass Latina chick oh, in, yeah, yeah, in these yeah. movies. Yeah. Um, and 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 she comes in, and uh, well, Michelle Rodriguez comes in in this one and fucking just nails it, bro. Right. Yeah. But 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 Va- Michelle Rodriguez did not play Vasquez, right? That was uh, no, no, that was someone. Else. 
Jeanette Goldstein. There was another film. And I'm sorry. I'm totally she, deep. No, no. You're, really deep. There was another she in an Aliens movie. Rec, um, golly. She might have. She might have been down. She might have been. I'm sorry. I'm not trying to oh, okay. derail again. I just wanted to. To I had a point. I had no, a point. Good because people are like <laughs> sitting in their cars or sitting on the bus right now. Like, no, no, she wasn't. She was in blah blah blah. <laughs> okay, I'm was my, too. Was yeah. or was not Michelle Rodriguez in Aliens? We're we're finding out right now on Joe Blow Live. Yeah. I'm, so you're I'm listening looking. to Anyways, this. You guys talk amongst yourselves. <laughs> okay. Well, okay. Because there was there was a thing that since you got me on the the Vasquez thing, there was another film that I, that actress was in, and when I found out that was Vasquez, I about fell over. And I'm trying to remember what it was just to see if you guys, um, ever encountered this situation. She was in Titanic. She was the Irish mom in Titanic, but which was a much different role. I mean, completely different, but I, I'm sorry. I forget what it is. Wait, Vasquez from Aliens was in Titanic as the Irish mom? Yeah, the Irish mom. She's a really sweet, like, nurturing mother, and it was a, just amazing to see her in that motherly well, I know, role. I know we're way off topic talking about Titanic while Barcelona looks. No, 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 no. Don't be sorry, because I love Titanic. Um, this That movie is a 10. Gold in my Yes, it is. What? Yeah. Okay. First off, Milich or Michelle Rodriguez was probably not even born for Aliens. I thought she was in like Rec Aliens Requiem or something like that. And I, was, <laughs> I was way off. I was way off. But what I was getting to, yeah. So before that, she was in uh, Fast and Furious and also Blue Crush. Check it out. Mm -hmm. You know what it's about? That came Yevers. out at a good time for Boss Tuna at that. Yeah, verse. Yep. So, anyways. <laughs> Shell Rodriguez, and then after that, it kind of falls off. But you do have so C Colin Salmon is 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 a fucking G. So he played one. He was the um the 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 team leader of the Commandos. Is he, he the guy? He's the guy with the voice of like, I want to report, soldier. <laughs> yes. Soldier, I want to report. Yes, that's him. And he gets <laughs> he gets turned into like freaking Swiss or uh uh I don't even know checkerboard with the laser. If I were in the cube, I would have died like this. He is diced, yeah. literally diced. Diced. I am on your pepperoni pizza. God, what movie did I just see? Oh, um, he was a priest. Jay of the Dead. I know you saw this movie. He was a priest in a movie that just came out this year, I believe. Hmm. Pray for the devil. Oh yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. Yep. He was the priest and pray for the devil, dude. He Good looks one. the exact same. Twenty some years later, he looks like he could be the exact same guy. Those are good genes. He was also in Barbarian. Oh, no shit. Ba, 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 Crazy. Ba, 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 barbarian. <laughs> Who was Shout he in out. Barbarian now? What'd you say? Who was he in Barbarian? I'm I'm thinking. Um, Andre. <laughs> I'm not placing him though. I'm not remember I'm not remembering an Andre in Barbarian. I, see, see, I'm one of those people, uh, side tangent, Joe Blow show, horror show side tangent. I'm one of those people who I like that the horror community loves Barbarian. I like it. I like that they love it so much. Better. The reason that they love it, though, that mid-movie, let's shift focus to a whole other character and pretend it's a whole other movie, that's not why I love it. Um, I, right. I, 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 I saw Pulp Fiction. Quentin Tarantino did that like eight times during his movie. 
Yeah. Um, so I, I'm not sold on why people love this movie so much. And I'm not hating on it, though. I still think Barbarian's a really good horror film. I just don't see why people were so caught up in the oh it was so surprising two words two words i can tell you why people love it saggy boobs (laughs) (laughs) mother is bay mother is bay but but okay i didn't mean to derail but yeah barbarian barbarian's cool barbarian's cool basically after michelle rodriguez and mila jovovich we've got a couple tertiary characters i do love colin salmon as one and then eric mobius or mabius or something he was matt but we do have a killer little kind of like uh like bit part for jason isaacs so he does a voiceover in the beginning and then he is the um the the scientist at the end where he's like we're gonna open up in his weird like British accent we're gonna open reopen the hive so that was pretty cool but a little trivia we're gonna reopen the hive huh <laughs> that, we're gonna reopen the hive aren't we uh-huh. no, I'm trying to do my best Cockney like gonna reopen the hive though mate I'm sorry <laughs> I'm being stupid go that's, ahead Boston that, that that's I mean if we're in like some like Scottish town way way up north that's yeah you'd be the guy that is at the end of the bar sitting by himself with throw up dried on his fucking shirt trying to talk to people but anyways you my favorite trivia that i've been <laughs> sitting here and waiting on that pretty much reaffirms my belief that this franchise deserves the joe blow horror show coverage is that this is one of james cameron's favorite guilty pleasures mic drop thank you oh yeah. James Cameron raised James, the bar. James Cameron, the James Cameron. He what he was on a uh, a Reddit um uh AMA and he just straight up was like they're like what's your what's your what's your favorite guilty pleasure? He dropped the Resident Evil bomb. So brother, brother. Wow. Case closed. James mm-hmm. Cameron, people could talk shit all day. Talk shit all they want. They didn't fucking do what James Cameron did. Because James Cameron does what James Cameron does, not because he has to, but he does it because he is James Cameron. (laughs) I'm doing a South Park thing. James Cameron is a motherfucking G. I he's he's done pretty he's done pretty well. So yeah, he's done all right. (laughs) He's done he's done all right. He he ain't missing any bills. So he ain't no Wes Anderson. You know what I mean? Well, Well, all the cuts and bruises on Mila. We're real, no makeup, because she's a fucking badass. What? Yeah, dude. Yep. Hashtag uh, um, strong female lead. Yeah, yeah bro. <laughs> she did almost all of her own stunts, all of them except that when they were like in the tunnels and she had to jump from like the pipes to the other pipes. Supposedly, her 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 manager was worried that she's going to strangle herself, but she did all of her other own stunts, including the 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 sweet iconic. Like spinning dog kick, like I don't know what kind of. Oh, I love that. When she when, when she found of... out she was Neo, she yeah, Jackie when, when, Chan when she... parkoured off two walls <laughs> into into a jump roundhouse kick spinning into roundhouse, uh, yeah, spinning roundhouse kick <laughs> into a uh, a skinless zombie Doberman break, hellhound. Break, Amazing. Break the neck, a, and also a, too. Those I love the dogs. I'm a huge dog guy. Like growing up, I always wanted a Doberman, which those were. Uh, we have a German <laughs> Shepherd now, which is kind of close. But it was funny because they were trying to like 
all of that was real practical makeup on those dogs, but they had a hell of a time because the dogs kept like licking the fake blood and trying to eat the meat hanging off of them, which I'm like, that's, <laughs> that's totally what dogs would do. Yeah. Here's something. Thank God. Kind of like the opposite of George Romero writing the script. We have Michelle Geller was originally cast as Alice. Like, I mean, let's, let's just, let's just thank the heavens that, it went to Mila instead of. Yes, yes. I, I would. I wouldn't. I wouldn't want to replace her. I would not want to replace her. But I like. I like. I like Michelle Geller. But but are you are you saying Buffy, Sarah yeah. Michelle Geller? Yeah. Is that what you're talking about? Did I say? Wow. Or yeah. Wow. You just yeah. said Mich- you just said Michelle Geller, but I knew who you meant. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Sarah Michelle Geller. I don't know. I mean, if you go by sorry. Sh- yeah. No, you're I, good. You, you I corrected just want, us. I, I had no idea that that she was in contention for this role. Whip, yeah, whip your hogzilla out, she was Jay. Originally cast. Whip your hogzilla out and slap us with it. No, we don't get it right. Do it. Do it. And Sarah Michelle lastly, Geller was almost. <laughs> oh, sorry, Sarah Michelle Geller. Lastly, this a lot of people don't realize this, but first off, Marco Beltrami. People might not have heard his name, but he's like like a legit. It was scored by Marilyn Manson, which, I mean, everybody knows Marilyn Manson, but not a lot of people know Marco Beltrami. So it was scored by Marilyn Manson, Marco Beltrami. And and he's actually, I believe he's won like Academy Awards for his uh, work in movies. So great score. We're going to get into that as well, too. But read a little quick plot synopsis here. And I mean, I feel like everybody kind of knows what this is about, but basically a special military unit fights powerful out of control AI in an underground secret base, which is basically Johnson and Johnson because it's, it's umbrella. Corporation. I was going to say Disney. Pfizer. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's basically it's all Pfizer of them. or Johnson and Johnson. It's so, everyone you got poked by <laughs> in the last few years. Yeah, pretty much. If, if it's funny did. because like watching this 20 some years later, Tibu, you go pee. We, we know no. you have to sit down when you pee. So, it's no, okay. I was saying, I was saying, not me. I didn't get poked by shit. Oh yeah, I mean, no. either. I wasn't really at rest. Yeah, fuck that. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> I'm no, I was gonna say it's it's funny watching this now because it it, it kind of does relate or or not relate, but it does kind of fit in with the current times because it's you know got the secret lab working on all this crazy shit like you know. It ain't Wuhan, China. It's called the hive. China, but yeah, <laughs> it's China. It's out. It, it gets loose. <laughs> it gets loose. Yeah. It gets loose. Yeah. So the movie opens up basically. You have someone coming in. It's a cool scene too. With I mean, there's so much Zack Snyder in. Or, oh Jesus Christ! I just said Zack Snyder. There's so, there's so much Paul W S Anderson in this. Mm-hmm. So in my mind, we get a pretty pretty killer open. We get this cool like coming into focus a scientist working in something you you can tell it, it, it's very reminiscent to me of uh of um the stand miniseries yeah. like yes the, yes yeah. yep so you get like the 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 working you could tell it's some kind of contagious virus or bacteria just with the suits they're wearing and all that type of stuff and then you're like, oh shit, they're stealing something, which you find out later they're not stealing the virus, they're stealing the antivirus. And you get mm-hmm. this like awesome straight up 
you know, Paul W.S. Anderson shot of the slow motion. It looks like the helix DNA spinning through the air breaks open and boom, it starts. You get like, I, I like too how he, he, he visualized for you the virus going through the air and getting into the filtration system. And, and the ambiguity of when that, when that canister is flying through the air, you're not 100% sure if someone tossed it, which it kind of looks like, or, or that was just a really dramatic dropping of it. Sure. For me, for me, at least the first time I saw this, Mm -hmm. I'm with you on that Jay, because I was like, wait, did homeboy just drop it or did he throw it? And I had to rewind the movie. And, and, when I rewound the film, that should be a word rewound. Not rewinded rewound. Mm-hmm, when is. he, he throws it, he throws yeah, that mother like a little flip over the shoulder. Like, yeah. And I'm like, carelessly. Okay. Motherfucker. I want to touch on real quick, this opening, because before we get to that cool, where the camera's zooming in and we get that badass fucking music, we, we get a we get a narration that tells us about the umbrella corporation and how every yeah. house in America has their products in it and Dude. how they are doing all this Johnson shit. Johnson. Yes. Mm-hmm. They are ingrained in society. And if you think that it's not, it's only because you don't fucking know. That's all. <laughs> umbrella corp. Umbra- summer under the umbrella, bitch. Not not to get all political and stuff, but that that is so that that we we live that we live that people have no idea how powerful and rich these pharmaceutical companies are. It's it's there are six companies that run the media in this country. No one knows that there's six <laughs> six companies that run the media in this country. Yeah, and realistically, and, and guess what? They all answer to one matter. person. Yeah, so. Anywho. When I looked up the most profitable pharmaceutical companies, they're they're worth hundreds of billions of dollars. And number mm-hmm. one is Pfizer, number two is Johnson and Johnson. They're neck and neck. It's it's unreal how much how much they're worth. And and you can throw your foil hat on if you want, but I mean, there's people out there, documentaries and stuff that say, oh yeah, there's there's cures for a lot of stuff, mm-hmm. but it doesn't pay like the medication to keep it at bay rather than cure. That's right. Anyways, yeah. I don't want to get too political and stuff, but I mean, if you think about it, what drives the United States of America, it's fucking greed and money. It's well, here's ed- the thing. I'll just do one little like close to home thing. Like, you know, I have a pacemaker and I have had pacemakers since I was five. And there was a time where they, the lifespan of the pacemaker battery was getting longer and then as technology advanced over the last couple like decades, the lifespan started getting shorter again. And and I'm like, what? And 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 they're like, well, if uh, they made pacemakers last as long as, you know, we know how to make them last, then we wouldn't have any more customers. So, brother, that's so- exactly how they used to make cars. Cars used to last for <laughs> fucking ever, and now they last twenty years if you're lucky. That term here's is a, up. here's a real planned, life scenario for you. This happened ob- for real. So, Go ahead. Sorry, Dave. Cole. Forgive me. Yeah, I was sorry. It was it's planned obsolescence, is what that's mm-hmm. called. Go yes. Sorry, yes. A hundred percent. Let's talk about mad. the Apple iPhone battery. There, there was a class action lawsuit about that. That, that's real. You cannot dispute that. I mean, mm-hmm. 
guess what? We have a new iPhone out. We're going to install this new update for you and it's going to drain your battery. That actually happened for real. So anyways, putting a foil hat away, but yeah, so we get this, this, everyone's showing up to work. You get the one dude. I'll never forget. Thank you. (laughs) you. This was a cool scene because the homeboy gets, yes, he gets the coffee spilled on him and he's like, when I first saw this, I'm like, that's the guy rushing out. And I didn't know because I ain't seen this since 2002. And I'm watching this and I'm like, oh, fuck. This has something to do with something's going to happen later with this callback. I Because I, I've seen enough movies at this point that I know that now. But it was <laughs> it's it's cool how this movie does that. I like I like it, what it, it does. It does it in a lot of scenes. You, you get a lot of these characters that you meet in the very beginning and they come back later. Mm-hmm. In one form or the other. And and I thought that was pretty cool. Yes. Get your first, what I would say, like suspenseful type horror scene with the elevator. I mean, that was pretty cool. Well, what, what starts happening right here is that the entire facility is shutting down where all these people work. And the, people are going into their offices. They're going into their rooms, whatever. And the elevator shuts down. The people that go into the lab where the the fucking T-virus canister was fucking thrown willy-nilly, that shuts down. The dogs, the Doberman pinchers in the cages, they smell the virus. They smell it before it even happens, before the computer system that controls the building even senses it. And the dogs are freaking the fuck out. And the whole building shuts down. And water starts pouring into that lab. And those people are like, this is a fucking closed system. What the fuck is wrong with you? There's no fire here. There's no fire. Screaming into the camera. The camera in this movie, the the computer system, what's her name? Red Queen? The Red Queen, yes. yeah. She, this is a ever-present um, presence in this movie. It's yeah. always there and it's always watching and it's a central point of view character that that you see through the lens of sometimes and you're right tuna this elevator scene reminded me of one of the final destination movies i don't remember which one but the intensity of this elevator scene you have some people trapped in an elevator oh brother (laughs) these people are trapped in this elevator and they're so scared one guy is Losing his mind, he must be claustrophobic. I think, but I, um, dude, you, you're gonna get one of those too. You're gonna get some yes. dude or some care, and that's just gonna be. <laughs> oh, he's losing his mind, and he's like, "We gotta get out of here." And the other dude in there's like, "Calm down, bro." He's like, "No, no," and and they manage. Well, while they're while they're chilling in their lockdown elevator, they hear and we see as the audience this other elevator fucking break loose and fall and people are screaming while they fall and crash to the fucking bottom floor and die. They die. You know, they're dead. That's fucked up. I'm scared of heights. So I don't like elevators. And whenever I can use the stairs, like at a hotel, I use the fucking stairs brothers. I don't look look like you've used stairs in years. Nice try. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just kidding. I, I do love though how th- th- there is callbacks to the video game and video games in general because you get some pretty cool camera shots of you know we're, we're looking at the scene through a security camera and you have you know 
you, you got heat signatures here and there. And, and, and it paints that good picture of you where you're like this AI, this, this, you don't know who it is at first, but you're like, it's kind of a fucking ruthless. Like what the fuck is going on? Mm-hmm. It does. It does. I, I thought the same thing, like, fuck this computer, <laughs> because it, it's trying to kill everyone. Seemingly at the start, it's locking down the virus. So we'll find this out. I'm jumping ahead a little bit, but we find that out a little bit later. But that elevator scene, when the one lady goes out, like she's trying to climb out the you, elevator. You knew you're you're sitting there and you're like, don't do it. Don't do it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Not a good idea. <laughs> When whenever that fucking cable breaks and the elevator goes down, I was sitting there and I'm talking about last night. I watched this movie for the first time since 2002. I was gripped and I was like, "Fuck no. And I had that final destination scene in my head from whatever movie sequel it was where that lady is like, I don't want to die. And she's in the elevator and I'm like, oh, my God. This lady, it scared me the same exact way, and I was with it. I was with it, bro. And it fakes you out. It fakes you the fuck out. You, you, she goes all the way down and stops, and she's just sitting there. She's like, "Pull me back!" And they can't. And then the elevator, the the system comes back alive, and it fucking brings the elevator back up and. Oh, uh, yeah, brutal. And Go and ahead. what I love about that opening sequence is. At least, again, this is when the first time that I saw this. I didn't know if that that um the virus was tossed or dropped. And then, it, okay, I'm like assuming, okay, somebody is doing all this, so it must have been tossed. But then the the way that the the AI, the computer system, is like killing everybody, it just seemed like the whole thing was um like I guess related, where they were both not cause and effect, but it was just kill all the people in here yeah. I, I didn't realize at first that it was it was responding to the outbreak by killing people yeah and it's I, funny because it plays into people in general but especially horror fans these irrational fears you have which mm-hmm. i mean i mean i i think about between that and like have you ever seen the movie devil like elevators like every time yeah, i get on yeah. an elevator I think about dumb stuff like that. I'm like, it's from yes. these fucking movies. But it's true though. It's true, bro. I saw I saw Devil in Theaters. That's an M Night Shyamalan produced movie, not directed by, but produced. And mm-hmm. I'm an M Night fanboy. I will say right now, I know Devil ain't a fucking ten out of ten. I I know it's not a masterpiece. But we that reviewed on Joe Blow back in the day. Dope, dope. Not with me, but not with you. Shout out, shout out to Drunk Darius. Yep. Hey, and aneurysm zombie walking around over there um podcasting out of cars he broke into um <laughs> no but yeah irrational fears for sure and also the the confusion of yes and i'm with you there jay i didn't know what i was like is this i i will admit i i, I kind of grasped that because the virus was loose shit was going down but I didn't know that I thought the computer was murderous and mm-hmm. we'll find out what we're going to get to it, but we'll, we'll get to it. Well, we meet Mila <laughs> Jovovich or Jovovich and it's a great scene watching this in 2002 as a 17 or 18 year old. She's laying mm-hmm. naked in a shower. You could tell she's got amnesia and she was drugged. 
but right away, you know, something's messed up. And I love this scene because it is a callback to the video game. You do get the mansion. It's kind of dark. You get the statues and everything, but you, you know, right away that she ain't just a normal person living in a mansion because she opens up that third drawer guns everywhere. Boom. Commandos come in and then you get, you know, Tibu doing the report soldier. I would need your report soldier. How how did you not bust your head when you fell down in this fucking marble ass shower, soldier? Yeah. How did you not bust your fucking head? Oh, her shoulder oh. was messed up. Remember her shoulder? She landed. Yeah, her but but her but her head though, her head, her fucking human head didn't bust on the floor. I'm just saying, this is the kind of movie. This is the kind of movie where you have to suspend some logic to enjoy. You yes. have to. Yeah. And and I'm fine with that. I love that. And at this, that's why I was saying earlier, like at this older age where I've seen more films, I now know how to sometimes watch a movie unless I can't divorce myself from Lock whatever contrivances, the fuck my... conveniences. Right. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. And this movie, this movie needs you to just shut your fucking brain off and have a good time. Don't try to fucking dissect it because if you do, you're not you're not in it. You're not in it then. And and you're losing every every magical moment that's gonna happen. Yeah. So it's it's a great scene with the SWAT team. You, you there's a lot of characters involved, but you you basically there's just three that you kind of tie on to. There's Kaplan, who's kind of like the nerd, there's Salmon, who is one, and then there's Michelle Rodriguez, and you get the doctor a little bit as well, too. But you find out that hey, Umbrella's coming here. You you learn that. You know, you are set here to basically protect the hive. You find out, though, that she's got a husband or a boyfriend, but it's all, again, it's all a fake marriage. They're like, we're taking you with, we're going into the hive. But you meet Matt. Eric Mabius is coming in. You're like, why is there a random fucking cop showing up here in the middle of this mansion? A lot of this stuff doesn't make sense. Again, to build off of what Tibu was saying. Well, no, but but well, it it does later though. It, his character does later. His it character does, does make it sense. Does, later. But again, there's a lot of conveniences that that go down with this part. But this yeah. is this is where it really kind of amps up because the movie doesn't really fuck around. You get right into yeah, yeah. This is what's agreed. going on, and we're. You know, you don't get a build up or a setup. It's like we're, you know, we're going in. This is this is what's up. That train is awesome. Yes. Again, right out of the video games, and we 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 go into the hive, and it's so cool. I I love the grandeur of this, and you realize what's going on, how big this is, and you got a city that's over half a million people, and it's just as big underneath. They give you that video game like breakdown of, and I love the exposition dump. In some films, when you get an exposition dump, it's it's clunky and it sucks. <laughs> In this movie, I was with it because I was like, I don't fucking know. And right. the guy's like, "This is Raccoon City. You were you were meant to guard this city and this mansion." And 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 yeah, you you find out all the shit Tuna was saying. And the movie presents it in a way where, look, I'm already fucking shin deep in the fucking minutia right now of of what this is. (laughs) When you're giving me all the the info that I need with the computer graphics from the early 2000s, Mm -hmm. (laughs) I get a nostalgia to a degree 
Yeah. And also, I'm like, yes, tell me this, because I did not fucking know what the fuck is going on. Neither does Mila Jovovich, because her character, Alice, is fucking amnesiac. Still suffering out from the ass. Yeah. Yes. And her fake-ass husband, also amnesia. So she pulls off that wedding ring and it says on it, I love that. I love yeah, she yep. looks at the wedding ring and under uh on the inside is scribed property of umbrella. And I'm like, Yeah, cuz <laughs> and, yes. and the homeboy tells her, We work for the same corporation. You know, like yeah. it's so cool. Yep. So, something I like to say about this, um, like the the opening sequence and then this mansion sequence where we are thus far, um, I could see why somebody like James Cameron would appreciate this film because this really is a the uh, <laughs> the look that we get like the glimpse that we get into this this the hive and what's going on in that building where it locks down is just such a science fiction flair. I love the sci-fi flair and I love sci-fi horror. And, and so, and the thing I would tell viewers, if people haven't seen this yet, or you haven't visited in a long time is um, they definitely open up with a lot of questions. It's it's, it opens as a mystery. And, and that's something that I'm usually resistant to as a viewer. So I had to really, as you said, I think you said it, Tibu, you have to like, just, you know, stop trying to like think about everything and just let the movie happen to you and let mm-hmm. them give you the clues as that unfolds. One of the things that drew me to this right away as, as a kid, and I've talked about this on previous shows, but my favorite type of movies are the the hopeless ones. I mean, as, as kind of weird as that sounds, I love just the feeling of helplessness in the middle of nowhere. Um, just this does such he a good to- job of world building. In such a tight space, because the whole movie takes place like, you know, in in a tight area. Basically, you're you're in a mansion and you're in the hive, but it builds this giant. I didn't hear what you said, Tibu. So I know you're laughing. I, I no, I'm laughing because of what you're saying after the joke I wanted to make, which is when you said you felt helpless. I was like, he wants me to cuck him, and then you said it's a tight area, and I was just dying. <laughs> <laughs> I was dying. <laughs> I love you. No, but your yeah. points are. I, I hear you. Yes. Yeah, it, it does. It does a great job of world building. And it's that whole idea that we're going to give you all this information and in your brain, you're going to kind of build it because you're like, oh, wow, this is such a large facility. And how is it being hidden underneath this giant city? Um, and again, a lot of that plays to the video game as well, too. But like in your brain, you're like, oh, my God, this is just insane because you're taking this train all the way underground and and it's it's. It's it's to me it's fascinating because again it ties a lot into the game and I love it. It builds upon the game because in the game you don't realize and you don't know like in the game it's just a mansion. You're in a mansion. There's a couple laboratories and some shit goes down. But I I love I love how it does do that though. Where the movie again at this point and how Jay was saying we're 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 at the beginning where the lab shuts down and everyone's fucking getting gassed. They're getting fucking filled up with water in the room, then the, the lab room, the real lab room where the virus broke out. They're getting elevator heads chopped off. We assume this place is fucked. Then you How go many to the mansion. Thousands of 
employees do you think this has? I mean, they, they gave the population of the city and I want to say it was like 682,000. Like it was 800 something thousand people. Yeah. yeah. Raccoon mm -hmm. city for, for all the resident evil fanboys and girls yeah. out there. Yeah. Um, but the, the, the lab, I don't know, dude, I, I would imagine at least a few hundred. Was it? No, it had to have been bigger than that. Maybe, if maybe. I don't know. If the representation was right. There was, there, the, the, yeah. On the train, though, a you lot. meet Matt. So Michelle Rodriguez is trying to open up that door. You meet Matt. And again, the mystery, like Jay was saying, the mystery continues. You're like, okay, these people are married. They don't realize it yet. Call back from earlier part in the film, you know, in a wedding picture that they're together. But mm -hmm. they get down. And next, you get my favorite scene in the entire movie. Maybe not my all-time favorite, but this is what I remember. And I think this is what most people remember. Is they're trucking through the labs and they're trying to get to the red queen they got this emp basically they're like we need mm -hmm. to shut her down oh brother you're jumping so far though like not we're missing not, some stuff well oh maybe for me for my memory of just watching this so i just have a few things to touch on um and i jay said he's good so we're good um i want to say in the beginning of the movie um there there's this uh the, when you're in the actual lab room the one guy, they're freaking the fuck out because the room's filling up with water. And the one guy's like, fuck a door. He grabs the axe out of the emergency, like, let's get the fuck out box. And he starts hammering the fucking windows and it's a little a cool chunk shot. of glass. Yeah. Huh? It's a cool shot for sure. Oh, yeah. And then later when they get there, uh, our, our crew, Alice, her fucking amnesia husband, the SWAT team with the guy that sounds like this. And then they fucking see the piss water room. Just it's like pee water just spraying out from all the fucking axe shots that this guy gave the fucking window. And I'm like, are, aren't y'all contaminated because y'all are right there in this fucking room? That's my logic brain. But this they movie, answer that though. They, they do answer they, that later in the movie. Mm. they do they mm. literally say that the virus starts out as airborne and then it starts out as um uh physical contact and then it starts out as blood transfer they mm. set up the rules you're right but i'm just saying they walk through the pee water spraying out the fucking little axe holes why are you nitpicking <laughs> up the film dude why are you nitpicking <laughs> because i have to but but, oh, but also God. because i'm telling you i'm telling you and the, and the listeners Shut your brain off and don't think about this shit too hard because you're going to miss all the cool shit that's happening if you fucking try too too hard. Yeah. I love the people floating in the pee water. I love that. And they take that cop hostage, the cop that tried to fucking grab Mila at the beginning. Yep. They take him hostage and the people, the, the SWAT team says they were looking him up in their records, their 90s tech keyboards on their fucking yep. forearms records predator style. like yeah predator style it's yes. like was he part of the fucking local law enforcement and he's like they probably don't have me in the system and they're like the locals are inefficient and i'm like yeah that let him right in so <laughs> dope so dope though i you can you can look at that however you want but i thought it was cool like i was like yeah that's how my boy got in Y'all yeah. fucked up, and y'all didn't do y'all's due diligence, so now he's there. He's in cuffs at this point in the PP room, but it's there. And and 
we'll, I'll catch up with you, Tuna. I just had to make that point of the PP room because oh, I like the PP room. Yeah, the 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 water looks like PP in that room. I mean, if if you're gonna drown, you're probably gonna be so scared you shit yourself, and that. I mean, let's be realistic here. That's what yeah. I'm, it's it's all it's you all missed soiled. that part That's of the a soiled room. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the laser scene. Mm-hmm. All right, they're getting the EMP set up. You you know, watching this the yes. first time, walking down this hallway, you're like, something ain't right. And you have you have one who is the squad leader that Tibu sounds exactly like him. <laughs> you have the, the we're med- going into this room that no film would ever fucking have in it because people wouldn't build this room like this in a film. But this movie's cool as fuck, so we're gonna have this room that's full of lights that make no sense. They actually <laughs> brought that in in a uh, later video game, so it's funny because the the movie pulled <laughs> from a lot of video game cool. stuff, but video games pulled some cool things from this movie. So I thought that was kind of cool, but dude, that laser scene though, like, man, if you mm. didn't know what you're getting into, as far as an R rated film, you got the light starting up and it's because Kaplan's sitting there and he's like, Oh God, it's a, you know, so it, it's a, a self-defense system and you have one laser coming across, they dodge it. Uh, the doctor gets it, cuts her head off. The other one starts out low. And they try to jump over it. And, and it catches a, a dude like midsection. You're like, it's oh a my. Darth, a Darth Maul cut right there. Yeah. yeah. And then you're like, oh, this, uh, you know, the, the main, cause I, at this point you're like, oh, you know, he's a leader. He's going to be with us for a little bit. No, we're going to kill him off right away. And he does this cool, like little pull up thing where he like gets his legs up and it cuts his knife in half. I thought that was really cool. Yes. Amazing. Yes. Amazing. But don't don't worry, I won't die right here. Oh shit. Yeah, and then it <laughs> turns into the grid. It's just little squares and it fucking dices him up like onions. I mean, it's bruh. When I saw this scene, okay, immediate reaction was this room is unbelievable. No one who builds this building is gonna put this room in it with all these lights. But I was like, You're thinking too hard, homie. This is dope. Look at it. Look, just look at it. It's it a cool. cool sequence. Then oh, the I'll... lasers start, and it's fucking what? <laughs> I want to see the unrated director's cut of this movie because I need more gore. I need more gore. That's all I'm gonna say. Mm-hmm. Let yeah. me let me tell you. Uh, I so I revisited this film tonight. So I watched it right before we started this, and uh, yeah. today it works. So. And that was the AI. That was the AI that was doing that, the, yep. the Red Queen. Mm-hmm. And, and man, it was especially poignant for me to watch that today because at, at my work, um, they're starting to replace the writers with AI, with chat uh. GPT. Uh. Yeah. Yeah, oh. and I'm a and I'm a writer at the company, so like um, but I wasn't laid off, thank heavens, but but half our writing team was laid off, and so they were like sliced and diced and i'm like that damn, <laughs> that, that damn ai man it will Fuck. it will take you out not to seriously get, not to get political i don't even know if this is political i i doubt it is i hope it ain't it's a human thing Fuck that Fuck right that Fuck <laughs> I, ai chat gpta whatever the fuck it's called Fuck <laughs> that shit dude elon Taking told us about jobs. it years ago he's like you guys better watch out Fuck who, that, who, dude. Who told you about it years ago? No, Elon Musk told everyone. Oh, yeah, Elon. Okay, yeah. yeah. Alex Jones. 
yeah. yeah. Well, he did. Us. He, he did. did. He did. I'm just being fair. I mean, anyway. You know, it sucks too because like Kaplan turns it off. Like, dude, and the scene that drives me nuts, I've seen this movie a hundred fucking times. Like, if he would have been backed up like six, eight inches, he would have, he would, because he was in the middle of the room when he got cut. But if he would have just backed up a little bit, he would have survived. But Kaplan was like literally a second too late. And you just got like, you know, you, you just got a, a, a meat, meat pile laying on the floor. Uh, <laughs> Pick it yes. to the side. We're going to drag this fucking EMP through. And yeah, they shut me, down. Yeah. Me, Mila, Mila fucking goes in there and she fucking nerd carries that boy through there. She's like, she touches his shoulder and she's like, don't worry, nerd boy. I got you. Let's go. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> Don't you well, love? And I bet Cole's getting this. Uh, how the the Red Queen is depicted holographically as a child. Yeah. Then, yeah. So we have this little girl <laughs> and a little girl voice saying these very disturbing and troubling yeah, things. That is yeah. incredible. It's well, it's good. funny because you'll you'll not not to. I know Tibu hasn't seen any of the later ones, and I'm not sure if you've seen it, but they're. <gasps> The sequels actually explain that, and it's pretty cool uh, callback to the first film with that. Neat. I don't know. But, yeah, yeah, but no, it, it's yeah. She's kind of like pleading with them, and boom, rock the EMP, turn her off. And when they do this, all of the security systems that have been in place, because you find out that the reason she did everything was to contain the virus. Yes, mm-hmm. but all the doors unlock, and and shit gets real. So we we. They 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 let loose a good boy at this oh, moment. Like oh, yeah. they let loose a real good boy at this moment. There's a lot of good boys in this movie when them dogs are barking, but then at this point, so yes, like Tuna was saying, the computer system, uh, Red Queen was trying to shut this virus down. That's what's really happening, and that's why we got that gr- grotesque, crazy opening with all those people dying, but. At this point, now we learned that their mission was to reboot the system. So now the entire Hive facility is rebooted. All the doors open, and you get your first you get your first zombie action with this, and everybody starts dying off. And you, like I said, you only learn uh, a few of the characters, but they really start dying off. It was a JD, I think he it was a cool scene because they're trying to escape this, this laboratory and like, what's the code. And that actually the code is, is the birth date of Paul W.S. Anderson is four zero three one nine six five. He's like, how, how easy is that? And then he gets immediately zombified. Yep. He gets yep. day of the dead. And he says, he says, don't let me go to fucking, to fucking Michelle Rodriguez's character who gets bitten. On the hand. And every single zombie fan out there knows what happens when you get bit. Oh, oh, it's done. done. But what's what's cool about that is within the world of this film, and this isn't always the case, but within the world of this horror film, zombies did not exist previously to them. And they didn't have a term, which I love. It kind of bugs me in a horror movie when they refer to the zombies as zombies as it's, I don't know, but, but I like the fact that this is all new to them, that the dead are reanimated. How cool is it that, that, um, 
when it, whenever they all start coming up, this is a shot I love. I just got to shout it out because cinematographer, whoever did this, whenever the fucking shit's hitting the fan and that zombie is dragging that axe oh, with the yeah. broken fucking foot. And it's, that it's again, it's so a callback dope. to the one who was in the room, you know, trying to get out. So, I mean, I love how they are tying everything in. It's, it's I'm head banging to it, bro. I love this. I'm like, that is dope. And they're <laughs> fighting it all off. And then the zombies fucking take homeboy and they fuck him up. And Michelle Rodriguez is sad. And I'm not happy about that, but she's sad and she's bit. She got eight. She's getting eaten up. She gets eat, bruh. Michelle Rodriguez gets eight a lot in this movie. I'm just saying, she gets bit a lot. She an unlucky girl. I don't she know. Unlucky. I think Kaplan, when he's like jumping, I mean, dude, how how many times it's like Roger in Dawn of the Dead, where he's getting his fucking <laughs> cat eaten off and chewed up. Like that poor guy, dude. He can't get anywhere without just having zombies take chunks out of him. And think yes. about how painful that would be. Like oh, you have kids and your kids. But no, this they're taking chunks out of you. Oh, Ooh. my God. It's yes. so brutal. It's brutal the whole way through. OK, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to derail again. But yeah. Yep. That's where oh. we are now. They, they, they're trying to escape. They fucking get they they finally get the fuck out. Oh, you get some breathing room, a little bit of breathing room. <laughs> I'm looking at you, Tuna. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, well, it's it's great because we get all the zombie stuff at at first here, and it's a great introduction to the zombies. Like you were saying, I love how you get that like slow building, broken ankle, dragging that up. You get the, I mean, it, it's it's action. I mean, this is definitely an action horror film. Mm -hmm. But they get through in their that that's the whole middle part of the movie is trying to escape, and you get some really great sequences in there. Jay of the Dead. Who's your what's your favorite zombie in this? I want to know what your favorite zombie is. Oh, yeah, you know I'm I'm with you. I I love I love the uh, zombie dragging the axe. So that was definitely my favorite. Um, so I I back you on that. But but let me just say, I do love the beastly freaks. I love the yeah. the hellhound Dobermans that are like they yep. they look they look like they're skinless. Yep. zombie dogs which i love and then and then the beastly freak which comes later oh um, that's my good boy yeah any any sort of like creature feature kind of thing in a in a horror film is a big you, plus for me you know what i realized watching this movie again i i saw that so at the beginning of the movie the Dobermans are in their cages, right? And they're barking. They're upset because the virus is let loose and they're normal boys. They're, they're just chilling. When you see, when Mila Jovovich goes in there, because at some point in the movie, they split up and I don't know. I, I can't recall why. Um, I don't have notes in front of me, but I, I they all split up to a degree because there is a mystery going on throughout this movie too with the amnesia Mila and the amnesia husband. But when she goes into that room where all the dogs were, that's her, that's the... her moment. That's where it clicks. Oh mm -hmm. yeah. But, but, but we see all the dog cages are, are ripped open and we see viscera and sinew hanging from the fucking barbs of the cages. Yeah. That's why the dogs are all meat puppets. 
because they broke out and they ripped Peter their own Walters flesh off. off. Yeah. Yeah, dude. I didn't know that until <laughs> watching it again. And I was like, oh, that makes perfect sense. That's why these dogs are like this. Because well, when yeah. those when those dogs come in and they, they're all fucking zombified looking and dope and Mila finds out she's Neo from the Matrix because <laughs> she has to fight these dogs off. She's amnesia. So for the audience, for the listeners, Alice is amnesified. All right. She don't know who she is. She don't know she's a secret agent working for fucking Umbrella and then doing something else. We're going to find out about in a little bit. But at this scene, she kicks ass and she it's like latent abilities inside of herself, training, muscle memory. Everything comes back. She starts fucking kicking ass and fucking she's even blown away by her own fucking um, her abilities. Yes. Which, which by the way, uh, just to speak to something that Travis just said that the fact that she wakes up in this film, this is something I failed to mention at the beginning. It's like this common zombie narrative trope where like we have people waking up into a zombie type apocalypse, like with the walking dead 28 days later, which came out the same year. Yeah. And that's but a pretty who, common thing. Who did it first though? <laughs> well, I'd have to um, defer to boss tuna on that. Did, did she wake up in the game boss tuna back in what? 96. Alice was actually not in the game. Oh. No, but, but, but in the film, in the film world, was 28 days later first or this even if it was first or not i mean it matter was because it was filming this at the came same out time march of 2002 so just, yeah so yeah this might be the one that does it first it might be it might be <laughs> I, i'd have to ask uh dr walking dead kyle bishop where we saw that first but yeah he he actually yeah. has commentary on that kind of thing on why people were waking up into the apocalypse it's really interesting <laughs> it's really scary yes but, Speaking of the amnesia part, because basically we've so she's currently waking up, but at this point we we have you know I don't know I, I call him the the Dollar General Hugh Jackman who is Spencer her <laughs> husband he's on the train and we find out at this point that we have it's it's not the virus he stole it's the antivirus he stole so he gets yeah. bit he's back on the train and he's you know on his way out guess what I'm gonna sell all this shit I'm gonna be rich. And injects himself, and the liquor comes in. Liquor, very iconic. This is the in in the first couple video games. That's your. There's a lot of them, but it's it's the first mutation you find out in the the film. But it's also you know a failed mutation in the video game, and they're kind of like little boss guys kind of deal. But yeah, it was mm -hmm. a cool scene with him battling that, and then again, I liked how they showed it through because. Watching it now, let's be honest, it's it's we're watching a, a film that's over 20 years old and, and some of the effects aren't the greatest and the CGI is not the greatest, but yeah. at least with this scene, you're watching it through a security camera, so it's a little bit more effective, but he gets fucked up. He gets fucked up, and then they go back to the train later on and you just see just a pile well, and, of blood. And all this happened because whenever... So Michelle Rodriguez's character the badass Latina chick gets bit so many times she's infected. They're trying to find the antivirus. And right now, Alice is remembering that she was in cahoots with someone to reveal all of this. Uh, and, and she's telling her, her, the, the, the guy that was a cop 
that's Max. not really a cop. Yeah. What's that? What's his name? No, I think he is a cop though. Well, he's 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 a secret agent. That guy is in there to fucking find some shit out. And his sister, he used his sister to infiltrate the Umbrella Corporation, and she died in the fucking shutdown. So yep. it's 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 a fucked up scene when that happens. But Alice is remembering that she is the one that was going to dump all of this the contract or the contact. Yes. Yep. And 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 so so Michelle's character is bitten that when they get to the train, by the time they get to the train, homeboy, her her fake husband who she banged. So she banged an asshole. Um, you see that in flashbacks. They banged. He he's a little beta, a, a chet. A, if a chad is an alpha, a beta is a chet. Sorry for all the chets out there, but what are you gonna do? Come at me. Although uh, Anderson, chet. Yeah, chet. No, no, not that. Um, Mortal Kombat or Vin Horizon. Shut the fuck up. Um, <laughs> I'm just saying he's married to Mila, so. Yeah, yeah, he's P- not a chet. Pompey, Pompey, yeah, yeah. Pompey. Pompey. That, no, I was, I was citing that as a not a good one. <laughs> Monster Hunter. Well, he married was, Mila. Yeah, he Monster married... Hunter was decent. I gotta, I gotta admit that it was all, all right. right. And he, and he put his wife in that because he loves her. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. so there you go. So he Rob Zombie did. He robbed. <laughs> yes, he little, did. Little Sherry Moon action there. He got that yeah. Sherry Moon going on. But um, at this point in the film, yes, uh, we, we're we're trying to get an antidote for fucking Michelle Rodriguez and Beta Cug Chet is like, nah, yeah, I'm the guy. I'm your ex husband, but I'm really the one that's trying to fuck shit up. And he fucking fucks everything up. And the AI Red Queen is like, nah, but watch this. And she lets loose that good boy. That CGI, but I love what I love about this. The CGI sucks. All right. It sucks, but it's all right because I mean, it at is the time, what it is. though. You have to. Yeah. Yes, exactly. It is what it's it is. Bad. But when they switch to the practical effects shots, oh, yeah. Really? I'm in love. I'm yeah. in love with that. I think it's mm-hmm. so good. And that's why I respect Paul W.S. Anderson. Because he's not the guy that's just going to do the bare minimum. He actually had, I bet if he had his way and the studio didn't, I bet if he had his way. Yes. Yes. Paul W.S. Anderson is underrated. Underrated, in my opinion. I think think he's always been held back by the studios. Every project he's worked on, I think he's been held back. Held back. I think he's a real boy. He's He's a Pinocchio. And I think he would have done the goddamn thing that we all want, but he didn't get to do it because motherfuckers with dollar bill signs in their eyes and 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 were watching everything on paper had to fucking shut him down. That's what I think. But well, anyway, maybe maybe T-Boo, it was his editor, Alexander Burner, holding him back because there was one sequence around this time in the movie where there's this like really nice, quiet conversation. And they're talking about the the virus and how much it would be worth in the open market. And it's this pleasant conversation. And then there's an edit. I don't understand the editing here, but watch for it if people revisit this. There's an edit where they do, like, they insert a shot of them, like, it shows, like, heat imagery of them walking. And then all of a sudden, it's like, bam, 
they're in the middle of crisis again, trying to get in the room in the, the, (laughs) it's just such a train wreck in tone and in juxtaposition. I'm like, what happened there? It it almost feels like it was a mistake in the film. And I actually um, had to rewind to make sure that like my, because I have this on DVD, <laughs> yeah. to make sure that my disc didn't skip or something. That's how yeah. abrupt and jarring it is. Just saying. I, 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 I hear you and I admit I, I don't, I didn't notice that, but I, I don't know. I don't know. But, but so I'll defer, <laughs> I'll defer to it, but I don't know. <laughs> I don't, I really don't. Maybe it wasn't it. Maybe it's nitpicky, but it, it was no, kind of surprising. I, I've got for a, a couple film. things too. I mean, as much as I'm, you know, as as Rain would say, blowing this film. I, I've yeah. got stuff I'll say afterwards as well too. It's, I mean, we're we're down to the bare minimum of characters, and yeah, we're, it, I I like we're, we're in the train. We're in the final train. Yeah, we're in the in the train, and I do love this train because the train is in the 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 game as well too, and they did change it up a little bit because um rather than a well they use a rocket launcher in the game but anyways it's it's a pretty cool sequence in the train because i i do like how michelle rodriguez's character stuck around and then you get that cool scene where oh god you know you get roger again okay (laughs) actually there's there's a couple i don't know maybe it's just because i'm a huge zombie nerd and i love this shit but i'm like there's so much i'm pulling from dawn of the dead and day of the dead here (laughs) when she's sitting there and she's like doing the captain roads where she's like dripping the blood when they're in the tunnels and she's like feeding the zombies. I just picture captain. Oh. It's like joke on it. Nice. Yes. She's like, you like how that tastes? You like how that tastes? And I'm like, that scene is sick, dude. It's, that scene is sick. Up. It's messed up. <laughs> yes. Yeah, but on, I agree. On the train. You're like, Oh, this is it. She's finally turning. And then, you know, Alice is about ready to, you know, give her the, the Roger treatment. And she's like, I'm not dead yet. I think I'll take that now and grabs a gun. I was happy. Cause I didn't want her to die. I was like, I know no. that gave you a little bit of hope again. Yeah. He comes at you again with the just kidding kind of deal. So, yeah. uh-huh. but no, it, it's, it's a cool sequence at the end. Again, plays a little bit to the video games. You get the battle, the showdown with the liquor you get some pretty cool effects. The tongue through the, the the greats or whatever mm. yes and then matt matt standing there and you get the scene where you think it's over and all of a sudden he gets scratched by the liquor and fuck yeah and well i want to say too they shoot finally um michelle rodriguez's character does go zombie and they shoot her and she's the one that fucking backs up and hits the fucking like release panel that lets the fucking dog fall doors. through the yeah. Uh, underneath the train that's and that's awesome. yeah it's dope and then yeah you get to the end the end of the film we're back we're in the go- mansion mm-hmm. yeah it's it's i don't know i i i love the last sequence because i feel like the movie would have been almost as effective with them leaving on a cliffhanger of matt being taken away and alice you know fighting off the 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 agents or whatever and then you get that Jason Isaacs like we're reopening the hive but <laughs> you get Mila Jovovich flashback they take Matt and they take her and she wakes up with like some triple ply bounty paper towels on her or something <laughs> what was going on with that yeah but 
that you get a full frontal fucking Milo Joe, dude. I saw her crotch. Oh yeah, I saw it. I saw it. You do. I was looking. That was actually not supposed to happen when she fell off of that. You got to see her pubic hair. Yes, they left the film. They left it in. Good, good. But yeah, again, a callback to Day of the Dead. You get the newspaper sitting there, and it says the dead walk. I thought that was really cool. Mm -hmm. Really cool. Mm -hmm. But dude, I get goosebumps every time I watch that because I know Resident Evil Two is one of my all-time favorite video games ever, next to The Last of Us, Jay. But we'll be talking about that in a minute. But one of my all-time favorites, and I love how you get the slow pan out. And you just see how fucked up everything is in this giant city. And it's just the best way, in my opinion, to leave this movie and just leave that carrot dangling for you as far as like what's going to happen next. Well, and yeah, it, the- it co- sorry, after you. OK, a couple of things on that when they when they do pan out on that city, it is so messy that it almost well, it is production design. But it looks production designed. It's almost like too intentionally messy. <laughs> I know that's kind of nitpicky. But one other, one <laughs> other thing, World War Z, it's the same thing. Yes, yes, absolutely. <laughs> one other thing that um, we passed over, I just because you you mentioned a couple times about um, about Alice being Neo, right? Yeah. Well, there is <laughs> there is a bullet time scene when a bullet is fired out of a gun. And it's like we see it in slow motion. So that's called bullet time. And what's hilarious to me is in in the Matrix, bullet time is used for a purpose. It's like, you know, it's going that that slow so we can see all of Neo's movements around the bullet and dodging it. But this strictly has bullet time strictly effect just because we can follow the bullet in (laughs) midair and there is no real purpose for bullet time. And I'm like. Good job, Paul W. Sanderson. You got it, buddy. <laughs> Him and Zack Snyder are best friends. What can I say? Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, I'll I'll die on that hill. I will die on that hill. <laughs> um, because you know what? At the end of the day, they're making these movies, and we're not. So yeah. they're doing the goddamn thing, and they're fucking flexing on everybody. We get to judge it. But we get to judge it, right? But we mm-hmm. don't get to make it. So that's something I'm trying to balance in my own opinions, right? Every time I review a movie. Um, and but what it always comes down to for me is how much did I enjoy this? Mm-hmm. Even if I didn't make it, I can have all my objective ideas if I want. But did the movie entertain me? We'll find out. Yeah. Yes. So I guess I am going to go first with my final thoughts and ratings, and then we'll go Tibu. And then, Jay, you're going to, we're going to give you the honors of giving it to us straight. (laughs) No spit, no lube, sandpaper finish. Boom. Tell us what you think. (laughs) So, why, why does Boss Tuna love? the Resident Evil franchise and particularly Resident Evil. Well, the very first time when I popped this movie in, well, not the first time, but when I popped this movie in uh, yesterday to watch it, I too, Jay watched it. I have, I watched my, my uh, DVD yesterday and my Blu-ray today. I love 
the and this you can't even but i just love the old school like late 90s early 2000s animations you get with like the dvds and when you click on stuff and all oh you know, yeah i love it but oh, yeah when you first pop this movie in the first thing that gets you is the killer score you, you marilyn manson marco beltrami the score is awesome on it but also the soundtrack the soundtrack of this is a 10 out of 10 I'm serious. You need to check it out. It's got Trent Reznor. It's got Slipknot. It's got Cole Chamber. That's all in my wheelhouse. I love the, the seizure of power. I mean, it's so good. I, I love that. But it draws you in and it gets me pumped up. You just get that heavy, dark, brooding, atmospheric and building industrial type music. It's awesome. Um, I do love the the you know the subtle tie-ins you get throughout the game but also i do like how i mean maybe i'm kind of uh, uh, to contradict the george romero thing i do like how paul ws anderson took this and did make it his own because if i'm being honest it would unlike the last of us which we've talked about this would be a very hard adaptation to make in a movie because the game you literally walk around the game and you find keys and you solve puzzles and zombies are just a small part of it. So you really, it's hard to do a true adaptation of that. So I did like how he kind of made it his own. Um, but I mean, there's a lot of nostalgia that pay, plays into this. I do love the characters in this. I will say though, that Michelle Rodriguez is the angriest actress I've ever seen in my entire life in this movie. Like she always had like a scowl on her face and she looked like she was just hating it. The di the writing I think was was good, but the dialogue just if if that makes sense, the dialogue just kind of was a little bit goofy at times. I thought, but again, this nostalgia is bringing me there. I, I love this movie. I've seen this movie a hundred times, and I will watch this movie at least once or twice a year, forever. And and like Tibu says, the entertainment factor alone is going to draw me in. I'm not. This is a nine out of ten for me. I, I, I love this. It's, it's, wow. it's super fun. Again, I, I probably, when Jay comes in at the end and gives all of his nitpicks, I'm going to agree with them, but what I am weighing more on this mm. and I'm, I'm letting it infiltrate my reviewing brain is just the entertainment factor and nostalgia and just how much fun I have, you know, seeing lasers chop people up into a bajillion pieces and creepy zombies and awesome kills and cheesy dialogue and shitty CGI. I fucking love it. I love it. I'm not going to lie. Um, when Boss Tuna fucking presented this is the fucking series we were covering, <laughs> I was like, God damn, man. What the fuck? All right. Because I remember watching this movie um, back in the day, and I I was bored. I didn't, I, I didn't even remember it. Didn't even remember it. I rewatched it and I watched it again. The entertainment factor is off the charts. It's fun. This movie has some good performances, some things that I was calling back to tonight. Like I was trying to bring things up because I was like, wait, what about this? What about this? It's got a lot going for it. And I, I do, I do like Paul W.S. Anderson's films. I think he is an underrated filmmaker. Um, I think he's someone who tried and got ha like heckled by the studio a lot based on 
things I've I've read and, and heard. Um so this is probably another case of that whenever it comes to the things that people don't like or whatever, whatever, whatever the case may be. I enjoyed this movie a lot. And I'm not saying this for my boy, because I will I I'm honest on this show, and you know that. <laughs> I'm coming in with a nine out of ten too. This movie is a lot of fucking fun. And I watched this tonight on the nightclub discord with people who are members of our discord because I wanted to show this movie to people who hadn't seen it for the first time. Cause I'm like, y'all got to see this movie from the early two thousands. That was fun. It's a lot of fun. And it's, it's got so much going on in it that you can get wrapped up into. And if you don't think too hard, Cause you shouldn't. There's some movies you don't you don't need to think too hard about. All right, and this is one of them. This is one where you you can you can and you can find things to 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 dissect, and that's fine. That's what we do this for. That's why we have a show and we 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 talk about it. But when it comes to having fun, this movie is a whole hell of a lot of fun. So um, T Boo is coming in with a nine out of ten. For mm-hmm. Resident Evil 2002, this Very movie's nice. dope. Very nice. All right. Before you go, Jay, I'm just going to let you know that regardless of your score, you're always welcome back on the Joe Blow Horse. <laughs> Thank you. We Thank love you. you from the bottom of our heart. Oh, yeah. I want you to give it to me straight. I'll be upset if you don't. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Well, you know you me. That's, that's how I do. Okay, well, first of all, I just got to tell you guys, I love, I do love zombie films. The zombie horror subgenre is probably my third favorite subgenre in horror. Underneath after... headed horror and oh, well, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. In, in terms of like the less niche niche sure. ones, um, I mean like uh, because I love Beastly Freaks first. I oh, love yeah. survival horror, and then I love zombies. Yeah. But um, so we got a zombie horror film here, and and like I said earlier, it is a. I would definitely consider this a sci-fi horror film which yep. I love. I wish we had more sci-fi horror. So now the thing is technically 28 days later, which is in my top, it's, it's like my number, what my number three or four all time favorite horror film. 28 days later is uh, we, we think of that as coming out in 2002 and, and that was the case in the UK, but we didn't actually see it here widely in the U S until 2003, but still I have, I, I, and this is probably unfair, you guys, I'll admit it. But I do kind of, because this came out around the same time, I stacked this up against 28 Days Later. And in terms of like a, you know, a zombie type, infected type narrative, that's kind of hard. Uh, another thing that's tough for me is the editing in this, as I mentioned, especially during the action sequences, that's a little, a little irritating. But I will say this, though, here are my positives. I think this is the kind of movie that does get better the more you watch it. So I could see the fact that you've watched it hundreds of times, <laughs> Boss Tuna. <laughs> I could see you um, appreciating it more and more over time because, yeah, I think maybe the first time somebody watches it, you know, you're getting acquainted with the mystery and all the characters and who they are. And and I think that for optimal enjoyment pleasure, I think the second watch of this 
is probably really the 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 master stroke. And then if you do like guilty pleasures, and and you know, I could see why James Cameron would call this a little bit of a guilty pleasure. But the concept of being trapped underground with zombies and beastly freaks, that's amazing. And when you think about it, this does have kind of a similar plot structure um, or a similar concept to Aliens. Um, and Aliens is kind of a, a video game-like type of movie, too, really. So, you know, you got zombie, horror, action, adventure. It's kind of an adventure as well and a mystery. And it's a zombie movie with beastly freaks, everybody. So for me, <laughs> this is a 6.5 out of 10, and I call it a rental. For sure. I think people should definitely check it out. I'm and uh, my my boy, Spawn of the Dead, has not seen this yet, but I'm definitely going to have him check it out. I know he'll love it. I was going to say, that, I, I feel like dope. he's going to really, I, I feel like Spawn of the Dead's going to like it. It's, yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I, I can't disagree with anything you say. It's, there, there's, <laughs> there's a lot of issues, but I mean, again, this is one of those where I, I wore out two DVDs in college <laughs> with this. I mean, like if I would take a nap, I'd throw this on. This is just one of those movies that was constantly playing at our house. So Tuna, where where did you think Alba's gonna come in? I want to know the honest answer. Um, like a seven, if I'm being honest. See, and, see, and I expected Jay to come in right around that too. So this is where this is where like I'm saying, like over the years, I've released my stranglehold, whatever the fuck I want to say about this, on what movies are and and like how much the whole factor, the biggest factor is fun. If I have fun, you won, bro. You won. And I, I'm going to say, I'm going to back up my boy, Paul Thomas, Paul W.S., not Paul Thomas, Paul W.S. Anderson. He's made movies from my childhood that have stuck with me for a long time. Mortal Kombat, Event Horizon. This one was not one, but it's one that after revisiting, and being who I am now, watching horror movies and le- like loving the schlocky bullshit. Mm-hmm. And this movie is not schlocky bullshit, by the way. That's not what I'm saying. This movie is the in between. It's like the fun. It still got. It still has. Su- it still has substance, but it, it it's still fun though. It's a lot of fun. This is a fun movie. Turn your brain off. Eat some popcorn. Drink your 100% soda, cola. And and enjoy this movie and just just sit back and relax. And it's a six point five, and it's a nine out of ten. It's both. It's both. It is <laughs> yeah. both. True. Yeah. Yeah. I, I see think that. It's both. I see what you're saying. Yeah. I mean, you guys. I I tell you the truth. When it melted my heart a little bit, when when Cole said a minute ago that he would pop this movie on when he would take a nap when he was in college and, and he wore out two DVDs. I mean, that, <laughs> that really, cause I, I get that. Like, I know what that's like. Um, Comfort food. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, that's love for the cinema. And when, when somebody's art can do that for you, yeah, you know, that, that's something special. Again, Paul WS. I don't you know. Did if, that. <laughs> like if I didn't see this in college at that time, y- y- you know, I mean, I don't know if it would have been there, but, or in college, I meant in high school at the theater, just mm-hmm. because like 
what are you going to do in high school? I mean, I, I played sports. I wasn't out like boozing and drinking and stuff. So we're like, what are we going to do on a Friday night? Well, let's go watch fucking resident evil three times in a row. That sounds yeah. awesome. Let's go do it. So yeah, I mean, I love it, but Jay, the dead, again, as I said before, I'm extremely grateful that you're on. I, I love it when you're on, you're one of our all time favorite guests. So you, you. you and Duncan, you and Duncan are, are, are right up there, man. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> Duncan wow. is so cool. He, yep, he, he's yep. really impressed me a lot. I've, yep. when, when I've heard him on a show, I'm like, wow, that guy really, he thinks about movies a lot and in depth yeah. and for a long time. <laughs> yep. Serious. Yep. Yeah, no, I, I'm really grateful. You know, shout out to to uh, uh, T Rev and, and Rickles as well too. They're a lot of fun when they come on. But man, I tell you, you you, uh, I, I really love it when when you come on. So I'm super grateful. I'm I'm glad that we we're able to do this. And I'm going to give you an opportunity to pimp your shit. And before I do that, though, I have to say, Jay of the Dead's new horror movies. Check it out. I. I absolutely loved your you and uh, Kyle Bishop, Mister Doctor Walking Dead. Your guys's reviews of The Last of Us. I, I almost was gonna do a side whole side tangent on that. I'm like, I'm gonna wait. Thank but you. we talked about The Last of Us, probably my all time favorite video game ever. Next to, I mean, I, I would put probably The Last of Us. And I listened to the episode, and I was yelling at Mister uh, uh, Kyle Bishop. Yeah. Last of Us 2 is better than the first one. Really? You tell okay. him you tell him that he needs to play the second game because it's better than oh, the first shit. one. Shit. But oh, absolutely. Shit. Your That's... guys' coverage of that was was 10 out of 10. So make sure you check that out. But anyways, thank you. Tell our fans where they can uh uh find you and your stuff because you've got with our buddy uh Watson and and yeah. Well, well, thank you, and and just let me know it for your programming purposes. I don't want to mess up your editing. I know, I know there was something that I I had prepared. At what point you want me to deliver that too? There was a little something special you wanted me to throw out there. So is that oh, now, or are you going to do that, that at the very end? Yes, I forgot about that. I was going to have you do that in the beginning. I was going to throw. Okay, so a little backstory here. Jay is um. He's he's kind of like a black belt of horror <laughs> nicknames. I mean, he's like the Brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt best ever. And I was going to put him on the spot, and I was going to have him give me a nickname on the show, but I'm like, I better give him a heads up. So I emailed you last week or whatever it was. I appreciate but it. You're, yeah, so I was like, Jay, you got to come on the show, and I need a horror nickname because Boss Tuna isn't really – a horror nickname. It's kind of a moniker or, or, you know, whatever that, mm -hmm. that they go by. So I was like, you better come, come prepared. And, and yeah, I want, well, I want that Jay of the dead horror nickname. I am. I am. I, I was telling you this a little bit in the email. I'm so honored that you asked me that because I actually take this very seriously, believe it or not, as, as stupid as that sounds. But like, let me just tell you a quick story. Um, when I was first getting into horror podcasting, um, I was I was going on to the show Planet Macabre with Bill Shetty for those who yep. remember that guy, and yeah. and and he's <laughs> like he's like what's your horror nickname gonna be and I'm and my name is Jason, and I'm like well uh, I'll be Jason X and he's like no my symbol is uh, the the <laughs> Jason Voorhees hockey mask I I don't want people getting mixed up right, and then uh my my good buddy who's who's a horror fan he. He was like, 
well, Jay of the Dead, Day of the Dead, and you like zombie movies. And I'm like, oh, that's perfect. So that's kind of how I got that. And then um, over the years, like, and I'm sorry if this is a boring story, but like over the years, like my my co-host, Wolfman Josh on Horror Movie Podcast, he he actually gave my son his horror nickname and called him Spawn of the Dead. And I thought that was super cool. (laughs) And I've had other people ask me, you know, what their horror nickname should be. And I do kind of feel like and this sounds silly, but I do feel like it should be something that's like passed on from one horror podcaster to another. You know what I mean? I don't know. Oh, that's dope. Yeah. So, I mean, I do feel like this is a special thing. So I and I'm glad you gave me a little notice because, yeah, your name was tricky. But okay, here it is. Here it is. Ready? So hit. So Boss Tuna's name's Cole. I think everybody knows that. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I, I okay. I'm a, I'm gonna I'm gonna present the name and then I'm gonna present how you can use it in a badass way. Okay. Here okay. it is. Okay. It's it's cold blooded. And this is how you do it. You say <laughs> hi and welcome to the Joe Blow Horror Show. I am cold blooded. You are. Oh! <laughs> oh, <laughs> I dude. am cold blooded. Yes. Dope as Brother. fuck. That oh, is yes. that is legit. Yes. Oh yes. my <laughs> god! I never thought of <laughs> that. that. Is and, wow. So simple, but I would have never thought of that in a million years. Wow, brother, brother, I do. I I like I like Boss Tuna is the thing. I've gotten used to that, but I'm just saying, I'd be honored too to also call you cold blooded, brother. Oh, it's yes. it's happening. It's happening now. It's happening. He's cold blooded now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that is so good. Damn. 10 that's, out of 10. That's legit. Damn. Well, thank you. Thank Man. you. And and, and tra- I'm smiling so hard. <laughs> wow. And, uh, and Tibu, I did have something for you too. I wanted to tell you this and uh, thank you guys for letting me uh, just throw this random stuff out there. Um, I was having such a blast i was elated i recently subscribed to the exploding heads horror movie podcast patreon page and i heard you on their top 200 horror movies episode and when i heard you on there brother on that first segment of like 75 movies you (laughs) were cracking me up i was loving it you were you were one of my favorite guests of theirs during that whole thing thank you and 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 i had (laughs) I need to go back and listen to it again. And so I can write stuff down because there are so many things I wanted to say to you. And I'm like, Oh, I love that guy. So anyway, well done on that show. That was amazing. Thank you. I appreciate that. I'm honored to be on, on exploding heads. Like I love them Mm -hmm. and I think they're the best. And so I was happy to contribute and I, I don't know what to say. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, if if I was ever invited on <laughs> yes. Jay of the uh, Horror Weekly, I would be the same. I'd be, I'd guys, be like, "Oh my lords, I don't, yes. I don't." I, you I both do gotta my own come. Thing, but yes, I, you know, you both hey, gotta I'm come. Telling on. You, if you tell me to jump, I'll say how high. You just let me. Yeah, know. okay. Oh yeah. Seriously, and I'm not just saying this. Yeah, I need to have you guys come over on uh, Horror Movie Weekly and Jay of the Dead's new horror movies. So I, yeah, if people just, don't know, I just those, have to not curse. That's all. I have to well, not curse. Jay of the Dead's new horror movies is explicit. So you're totally, you oh, know, you got well. total freedom. And in fact, one of the taglines, it's got like a hundred taglines. It's a free speech 
horror podcast is what it is. I but, listen um, to y'all, but I never noticed the cursing though. Like I never yeah. noticed it. <laughs> well, when when Doc Shock is deep in his cups, <laughs> man, and he gets and he gets frustrated with me. Yeah, so we got nine hosts on that show. It's me, mm-hmm. Doctor Shock, Gilman, Joel, Mister Watson, Doctor Walking Dead, Greg Amortis, Macula, Ron Martin, and Dave Z. Are yeah. At, uh, Day of the Dead's new horror movies. That's at newhorrormovies.com. Love to have people check that out. And then I know I know you guys like uh, Mr. Watson. We all love him. He's oh, with yeah. me over on Horror Movie Weekly as well. And we have two lady co-hosts, which is really fun. We have Projectile Varmint Projectile and Shani Dreadful. Yeah. So there are four of us on there now. Two guys, two gals. And we have a blast on horrormovieweekly.com. I'd love to have people check it out. How how do you wrangle Watson? Because I've been trying to get him on the nightclub for a long time. We've been trying to get him on the Joe Blow for a long time. How the fuck do you wrangle that guy? I know. Well, yeah, Jesus somebody Christ. Somebody asked me that the other day. That that's really funny you say that because somebody's like, um, they 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 asked almost the exact same question, and I'm like, I I don't wrangle him, man. I just you, you know, he's the kind of oh, it's you, Tibu. It's you. Yeah, he he no, I'm just saying he's the kind of guy you just let him go, man, and he and he tears it up. So that's but, that uh, is how I normally am. I'm I'm I feel like if me and Watson ever get on a podcast together, it's gonna be chaos. It's yes. gonna be utter chaos because yes. we're gonna just be going and trying and oh oh my yes. lord. But brother, brother, mm-hmm. thank you for your nice words. I appreciate what you said about the, the 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 thing I was on, mm-hmm. I, I love having you on this show. Um, getting to talk to you is like getting to fucking touch. I feel like I've got the Midas touch. I'm oh. like, oh <laughs> shit, it's Jay of the Dead. Yeah, yeah. I oh, get to have you. brother. <laughs> you do something that inspires all of us that do horror mm-hmm. podcasting. You 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 you're the one, man. I, I'm gonna say it like you, you. You're the one that 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 has been spearheading this for for some of us that Forever. got into it. Yeah, for for a long time. Wow, and thank you. without you, we would be aimless. Don't know motherfuckers. And so <laughs> to to be in the presence of Jay of the Dead <laughs> oh is goodness. so awesome. And and I'm so happy that you love coming on Joe Blow and do. doing this with us. It's, it's so cool. Thank you. Yes, ab- absolutely. Thank you. Yeah. Anytime you guys want to have me, just let me know. I'll be over. I really appreciate it for real. You're really patient with me and my nitpicking and all that. And I just, I love being on here. Wouldn't have we it any w- other way. No. Yeah. We <laughs> want your honest reviews and honest opinions. Yep. Hell yeah. Awesome. So Jay of the dead. Thank you. Boss Tuna, nine out of 10. Jay of the dead, 6.5 out of 10. Tibu, nine out of 10. This is cold blooded, and I am signing <laughs> off. Yeah, no blow horror show. Make sure you check out Jay the Dad's new horror movies, Horror Movie Weekly, and stay tuned. We're gonna be coming at you again with Resident Evil Apocalypse featuring a special guest. You'll have to stay tuned to see who that is. But before we leave, Jay the Dad, Tibu, do you have anything to leave our listeners with? Yes, I do. You want me to go first, Tibu? 
Go ahead, brother. Okay. I got a I just today I watched a brand new 2023 horror movie. You guys got to check this out. It's a gem. And thus far in the year, I know we're only halfway through the year, but thus far this is in my top 10 list. So so put this down. It's called Blood and it's from 2023. It came out in January. It stars Michelle Monahan and oh, yeah. none other than Skeet Ulrich. Oh, I yes. just rewatched Scream for the first time in like 20 years. Oh, cool. Wow. Okay. Yeah. And now, now, yeah, this thing is special. Go into it blind, not knowing anything. And let me just, uh, I'll do, I'm not going to tell anything. I just hope people will trust me and run with this. But here's, here, let me describe it this way without giving anything away. As you watch a horror film, you're like, you're kind of hoping things happen. And let's say 10 things happen in this movie approximately. Okay. Eight out of those 10 things that you like hope happen. Or or if you want to be surprised that something happens or you're like, oh, I can't believe they did that. It does like eight mm-hmm. of the 10. There were only two things that I'm like, oh, I wish they would have done this or this. I mean, this thing is this thing is serious business. This is a serious horror film. It's a nine out of 10 for Jay of the Dead. It's called oh. Blood, directed by... Brad Anderson, starring Michelle Monaghan. Check it out. You can stream it on Amazon. It's worth it. So he's That's... the third best Anderson director out there. Excellent. <laughs> <laughs> nice. That's a nice. filthy. That's a filthy ass recommend for fucking Jay of the Dead. Blood. Right. I'm gonna. I'm gonna say, don't fucking be a bitch ass boyfriend that that fucking rapes your girlfriend and then turns out to be a beta cook chit in Resident Evil. Boom. <laughs> All right. Dollar yeah. Tree Hugh Jackman. Let's go. <laughs> All right, folks. I hope you enjoyed the episode. Make sure you check out Jay of the Dead's new horror movies, Horror Movie Weekly, Tibu at the Nightclub. Stay tuned because the Joe Blows will be coming back with Resident Evil Apocalypse. This is Cold Blooded signing off. I hope it was as good for you as it was for us. Boom.